You're listening to SoFloRadio.com. Issue, our unified Europe. Good for them. How about us? Boone or Bane? Freddie Bonds and Noble. Well, I think we depend far too much. Wrong. Patty cake, patty cake, Baker's Buchanan. The Europe ought to be concerned that we... Wrong. Uh... More Tony Bennett, less Tony Martin. Well, I, I would have to say... Wrong. That... Jack, Jack, Boback, Banana, Fana, Boback. <laughs> P5, Boback, Jack. All right, you can start the show now, you big ham. It'll be my pleasure. To the Groovathon. Good afternoon. I am Tony C. And as always, I'm joined live in the studio by the Gramps Master Flash of Production Engineering, the man who ensures that our groove remains satiny smooth. Me compadre, Los Georges. Thank you. How do I sound compared to you? I, you know, that's actually you sound a little bit better than me. We're, we're, we're giving the, uh, the headsets a try. This go around. We'll see how it goes. Of course, every Groovathon is firmly rooted in an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. Yo, how you doing, pal of mine? Uh, wh- good. What does mahalo actually mean? Mahalo means thank you. Oh, okay. Well, it's thank you. It's the Hawaiian word for thank you. So, mucho thank you yeah. is what you're saying there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> mahalo. There it is. Mahalo. Yeah. Mahalo is Hawaiian for thank you. Okay. Learn something new every day on the Groovathon. I'm yeah. sorry, it's not the last thing we'll learn today. Well, I, I just think it's interesting that it took you this long to ask. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it meant gratitude, which well, I guess is like, yeah. Well, it's similar. So, you know, thank sure. you, gracious. Right. Yeah. Get ready for uh, my very first Halloween now as a homeowner. This this one or this <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I got the pumpkin. I'm going to be doing a little carving, saving yeah. the seeds, going to get the candle, do the whole thing. I got bags of candy. So yeah. basically what I'm doing is I've been going through them and eating the ones that I like and then putting the ones that I don't. Oh, oh yeah, you're <laughs> not going to get egged at all. Snickers, <laughs> Snickers hog. No, no, no. I got the I got the good shit. I got I got the good shit for them. The, the Kit Kats, the Reese's, the little Reese's pieces. You can't. Those, go, I love those. Those are the God, best. God, what's it's not the it's and it's not just the peanut butter. It's the oh, they the just chocolate. make it sweet. They just, oh yeah, man. they absolutely. They got that one done. Hey, at the uh, at the top of this week's please to mention list of uh, cool stuff that pals of mine are doing, 
I got a, my friend uh, G. Pritzker. He just started doing a brand new podcast. You're going to like this one. You know what it's called? Composers with Drinks Listening to Music. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, okay. It's uh, Gene and a guy named uh, Seth Baustead. Their first episode was on uh, Saturday. Uh, just this past Saturday on uh, Anchor.fm. And uh, I played a bunch of Gene stuff over the years. He's got a bazillion bands. Uh, you know, he's just... I, I've played a whole bunch of music by him. He does a lot of stuff for the composers, concords, stuff like this. He describes it as... Uh, the, uh, these guys, they drink alcohol, listen and talk about music subjects, range from composition to favorite drinks and whatever else comes to their minds. You know, needless to say, as the show goes on, they get drunker. So the first episode, <laughs> yeah. yeah, first episode, they were drinking a Woodford Reserve bourbon. That was, uh, that was the thing. I already know what you're thinking. What? I am way out of you. Fuck Elon Musk. Well, I mean, we've done this stuff. Yeah. I, I've done this on the air yeah, a lot. He had his chance. We need a liquor company to go along with Precision Auto Works. That's that's. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be nice. Uh, some, some bourbon would be would be wonderful since you mentioned it. But yeah. uh, but I'm not picky. I'll I only ever met one whiskey I didn't like. Uh, what was that? I was setting. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was some white dog unaged uh, something. It was basically huh. moonshine, like hot off the still, and it tasted like oh. rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I. Th- when I was in Ireland, they had stuff called puchine, which is basically the uh, the, the Irish equivalent of uh, a moonshine, but it's potatoes. Okay, because yeah. they have a. The, I thought puchine was a, a fry, French fried dish that the French Canadians enjoy. Puchine. Oh, oh, yeah. What do I know from puchine? But uh, it's uh, that that stuff. Seriously, that'll that'll make you shave, have to shave your tongue in the morning. Hey, <laughs> have you ever heard? Uh, a friend of mine, Ken, the guy who made the movie. By the way, Kill Chain's doing well, man. It's being downloaded at a furious uh, pace. Uh, I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. It's cool to gang, man. But uh, Ken turned me on to this site. It is called Bot Sentinel. Have you heard about this yet? N- no. It has, I'll send you the link. It's got top hashtags, top topics. Trump is the top of everything. Uh, top hashtag is, uh, well, right now, WAPO uh, death notices. Have you heard about this? Oh, they're trolling, trolling the, uh, the Washington the Post headlines. Uh, top topic is Trump. Top two word phrases President Trump. Top mentions Real Donald, at Real Donald Trump. Top retweeted, at Real Donald Trump. And then it's got this I thought was interesting the top troll bot accounts. And it literally has who these people are. These are basically just yeah. they're they're trolls. They're they're known for for being troll bots, and so it's interesting. It's called the uh, botsentinel.com. You should check that shit out, man. It is it it looks pretty much the same every day because President Trump's the top of it because you know him and yeah, his I know. him and his minions. That's that's their attention span. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's the perfect attention span. Needless to say. We have got a lot of stuff to get to today, so let's let's just get around to it, man. Let me see what do we got. Do we we got. Uh, let me see. We got a Florida fisherman's tale. Could have Larry Flint considering a remake of the movie Splash that is considerably splashier than the original. There is uh, mounting evidence about the dangers of clowning while cruising. President Trump continues forging an administration determined to overlook any oversight over anyone with a track record of overreaching. Betsy DeVos, we love her. I, uh, Can't get enough of her. She's got a chapel in her mansion. <laughs> Betsy DeVos 
rummages under her couch cushions in order to cover a $100,000 tab that the Corinthians walked out on. Uh, Why working for the MCA ain't just a good song, but also a good economic policy. Meanwhile, yeah, it's that time of the year the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tries to get back on my good side by nominating some, you know, actual rock and rollers for 2020 induction. Uh, Let me see what else. Oh, also, uh, springtime for Arabs in Lebanon, winter for Ukraine and Kurds. Plus, uh, Daniel Tosh solves racism. The ghost of Hugo Chavez is spotted in the Lincoln bedroom. And later on, we will waft through two weeks of political insanity before I offer up a schematic that solves a bunch of our nation's most debilitating dilemmas. I got it. Right. By the way, this is a live show, but uh, by the time it's over, everything that you say will already be dated because oh, yeah. of what's happening while the show is going on. Wait, I can't even... Who can keep up? Nobody can. They finally... You know, literally 24-hour cable news has yeah. finally come into its own. Sure, you're right. There's actually a need for it now. There's yeah. finally a need He's for it. He's absolutely brought into its own. It's not boring anymore because... Every there minute. really is breaking news. No, there's news. breaking news every yeah, minute. I, I, yeah. <laughs> of course, all of that is going to be drenched in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. Yeah, it's just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that really matters anymore. Yeah. Hollywood. Florida, lad, he is. I mean, just past 8 a.m. on the Big Island, the out of the Cow Crew. Just past 7 at night, Dublin, St. Anne, Lisbon. And the rest of Western Europe and just past 9 p.m. in Istanbul, where gal pal of mine, Rebecca Celeste, continues to make sure that the groove grows as fast as Erdogan's recently POTUS-inflated ego. Yo, Gramps, you got us ready to storm the skiff room? Uh, I'm ready to rock. And saddle up and order some pizza, y'all. It's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
is great to be here in America. Oh, yeah. The greatest country in the world, if you haven't traveled a lot. America's basically turned into one of these factories where we just have a sign up. Like, it's been 22 days since our last horrible thing. And it's like, oh, all right, rip it down. We're back at zero again. These things just keep happening, you know, whether it's Ferguson or Baltimore. I can solve racist cops. That's an easy fix. But nobody comes to me for the answers. You want to get rid of that forever? How about this? Only black people should be allowed to be cops. Boom, problem solved. And if any of you have issue with this, it's because you're racist. Well, what about white people? White people can be firefighters. We're more outdoorsy. It makes sense. White people, firefighters, black people, cops. Who wants tickets to the softball game now? Yeah, it's going to get pretty tense. Might want to put in a mercy rule. By the way, I do love this country. We're the only place with any diversity. The entire planet is segregated. You realize that when you watch international sports. Like I was trying to watch the World Cup, uh, despite hating it. I get it, soccer is the most popular sport on the planet. That's because half the world can't afford AC. And that's about how long you have to run just to get tired enough to fall asleep in these godforsaken countries. You ever try to gamble on soccer? What's the over-under? 0.5? Mm. How much time's left? It's a secret. I'm out. But we have diversity. Other teams don't. Or if you look at the Olympics, you look at our uh, U.S. gymnastics squad. We have an Asian girl, a white girl, a black girl. Look at the Chinese squad. Any guesses? Did you guess exclusively Chinese bitches? Yeah, that's all that's ever been on that team. That's all that will ever be on that team. And they wonder why they're not getting golds anymore. Well, you better get a Harlem in China. You think snapping together iPads all day is tough? It is not as tough as it used to be. Now they have suicide nets around their building so they can jump out, bounce right back. Sorry, boss, just need some fresh air. Back to making Americans more stuff? You got it. This is a tough joke to do as a white comedian, but here goes. Because where this country is now from where we came from is pretty remarkable. There's nothing more shameful in our country's past than slavery. Okay, that's horrible. But I've grown up in a generation where I've idolized black people my entire life. They are better at everything. So the fact that we pulled off slavery, I've already said it's awful. That's off the table. I'm just saying it's kind of neat. I mean, at any point, they could have been like, you know we can just run away, right? And you will never catch us. And if you do, we will beat the living shit out of you. Right. That's about how well that joke should go over. There's a fine line between appreciating the sarcasm and, ooh, this feels like a rally. And you did well. That's a joke I do not do everywhere. 
That's a joke. If the audience gets a little too excited, I shut it down. You start hearing a couple yee-haws, troubles are brewing. As soon as yee-haw hits a certain octave, hate crime in T minus 10, 9...
jam. Men, my friend Alon's band uh, out of St. Uh, St. Louis over there. No, out of Kansas City, excuse me, other side of the state. That is, again, Alon has uh, told me he's got uh, some new stuff in a hopper with a new uh, band of his out there. They've already done some live stuff, so I'm waiting for them to uh, get some stuff in the studio before that. Lettuce, back in effect from out of here in uh, 2002. One of my all-time favorite guitar players does the uh, second solo on that, John Schofield. He's just... One of the, he's just one of the great guitar players in my lifetime. I can't, I literally can't get enough of him. You see, uh, he's one of those people I describe as a, uh, as an instrumental auteur. Okay, he's, he's a guy, no matter what song he is playing on, you can literally use the exact same guitar that he's using, the exact same pedals and effects and everything, and you can't sound like him. Can't be done. He is unto himself. And if I ever hear a song, I don't know that he's on it, and he's playing on it, I know it's him immediately. He completely guides every tune he's on. I can't get enough of John Schofield in any event. He does a lot of work with Lettuce with uh, Adam Deitch, in particular the drummer who's part of uh, his uh, Uber Jam crew. Jam? Did I say jam? Yeah, before that, Pearl Jam. You like that? I love to go, you know. I'm spinning over here. Spin the black circle from Vitology 1994. We mentioned, we were talking about Pearl Jam. You were saying you like them except for every. Except for all their songs, yeah. Uh, yeah. John Oliver did the uh, mm-hmm. the thing about uh, Pearl Jam on uh, a couple shows ago. I thought that was pretty funny before that. Yeah, Daniel Tosh solves racism as, and you were telling me. I, I said that I, I could elaborate on that, not the, the comedy thing. And, yeah. and it's based, this is very anecdotal. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of um, law enforcement. I mean, I've never been arrested, knock on wood. But uh, we've all, I mean, if, you, if you've lived at all on this planet and in this country, you've been on the receiving end of, uh, of, of copdom. Yeah, I got nothing okay. to say about that. <laughs> well, some experiences are very positive and some are not. Can you say that? Have you had experiences where the uh, police arrived on the scene yeah. and they treated you like a gentleman? Yeah. Okay. I've, and and, yeah. Then, and then another experience. Hey, is look, where, I'm a big supporter. The older I get, the more right. I, you know. Well, I, 
I, and 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 I have a definite opinion about uh, cops and 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 cop types. And every African American police officer that I ever intera- interacted was with was a gentleman. Was a gentleman. Always sought to diffuse the situation and always nice. And and so that's that's reason number one. I don't know why that is, but it just I'm, I've had good experiences. So that's my Probably personal anecdotal before thing. Before they were cops, but then, but then philosoph maybe. Yeah. And they're very aware. But philosophically, the African-American community has a problem with law enforcement. Notoriously, the, the white cops have been bad to the black people, yeah. especially here in the South. Yes. And the black people, as a result, don't trust the law enforcement. And, and it's not without precedent. They're not. You understand. Oh, yeah. It's they have, coming out of the blue. They have cause. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So therefore, if the police officer is black, I believe, based on absolutely nothing whatsoever, that at least there will be one less issue that the person will have, that they won't perceive the police officer as a racist bastard out to get them. Hey, Pop, maybe. You, you know what I mean? I look. You don't I, hear me arguing I don't with hear that. And I've never in my life heard a white guy say... I got busted, and it was because that black cop, black cop, you know, pulled, black me cop over pulled me for, over for driving while white. I've never heard yeah, a, a white yeah, you guy don't hear about that, complain right. about a black cop ever. I've heard him complain about short cops, and I've had those experiences as well. Short guy with something to oh, prove. Same thing, same thing with with all due respect, ladies. I sympathize. I have I have female friends who are in law enforcement, but there's a. I've encountered what I can only describe as someone who wanted to make sure that the other cops who were observing observed a good show. Yeah. That's the only way that I could explain why I was being treated the way that I was is that someone had something to prove to the other cop onlookers. Oh, so you, give somebody, you give somebody power, right. and then some people have to basically make sure – that you understand that they I, have yeah. that power. You, you know. So I don't know. I know I've just, you know. Well, maybe like, you know who talks about that? Yeah. Public Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Before that hard rhyming from Rebirth of a Nation came out in 2006. Basically, it's kind of the same tempo as uh, Prophets of Rage, just a little bit sped up, you know. It's, I'm way past the days of yes on that, that perfect, that cadence, same thing, but... I can listen to them all day. For that Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, whatever happened to my rock and roll, that's uh, from the first album, came out 2001, BRMC. The, uh, they're out of San Francisco. The, uh, one of the guys in that band, his father was uh, um, the guy from The Call. Okay. Uh, hang on. It's uh, Robert Bean is the son of Michael Bean, who was the front man for The Call. You know, the walls came mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm pretty sure I played that, actually. I, I could fire it up real quick. No, I, yeah. I, I like that song. It's, yeah, great. It's, it's a good song. Yeah, man. And uh, kicking off the set, Ali Handel my, doing a killer version of My Sharona. That is from her CD, Make Your Move, came out in 2010. She is from uh, upstate New York. She's now out in L.A. Shout out to my man, uh, old uh, pal of mine from high school, Jeff Strawbridge. Turn me on to them. So, you know, he's mm. like, hey, you know, I dig to, you know, this is one of those things. It's one of the great things about about the, you know, all my friends is that the the amount of stuff that they have posted on Facebook that I've been, you know, that I'm like, oh, that's good. Use it on the show. I got another one later today. Mm-hmm. You know, I okay. love that. I tell you, know, so some le- just so I can get this out of the way so you don't your eyes don't roll all the way into the back of your head. Some quick sports news. OK, go ahead. <laughs> OK. Uh, Trump actually showed up at the game last night. Oh, yeah, that's not sports news. Well, 
That's civics. You know, he showed up, got booed incessantly. Booed and I they, had odds. I they, had odds chanted, related to all kinds of things. They chanted, lock him up. Yeah. I was. My thing was is that the minute the Nationals made the, uh, the World Series, got in there, my first one was, I wonder how Nomar or how uh, Bryce Harper feels. Because he got trade. He literally, you know, this is the year he went for a $300 million contract, went to the Phillies, who sucked. Again, okay. Meanwhile, this is the first time the Nationals have made it to the World Series in a bazillion years. All right, so he's now basically the Nomar Garcia Para of you know the this year because Nomar Garcia Para was like the the big you know the BMOC for the for the uh, the Boston Red Sox got traded in the middle of the season. That's the season they they won their first. World Series since you know they well, they they swapped Babe Ruth they 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 sold Babe Ruth so you know traded him for no no net to the best of my uh, best of my recollection please God with the Jets you know they suck they're going to get a a pretty high first round pick I am begging you okay offensive line that's what they got to get if we don't get offensive line help for uh uh. For uh, what's his name, Sam Darnold, who is our quarterback, and he's very good, but he he just he has no time. To th- he's going to wind up being the next Andrew Luck, guy from the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who basically during preseason this year just said, "I'm retiring." He just he got the shit kicked out of him for like the first five years in the league. He's just beat up, concussions, everything hurts. All the time, and he said he got sick of basically always spending his time rehabbing so that he could get back on the field and get injured again. Because he, you know, they, which I was, I was thinking about, uh, you know, his name's Andrew Luck. I was trying to think of the, uh, the, the, uh, the sign. I saw it was like uh, missing dog. It's like mangy, blind, uh, three-legged. Goes by the name of Lucky. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And. I was watching this, uh, the Rugby World Championships. England finally beat New Zealand. New Zealand yeah. yeah, they beat them, so they're playing uh, South Africa. This is the first time I've watched rugby, like, you know, watched it, mm-hmm. okay, and figured out, you know, after all these years, and I lived over in Ireland for years, where they're crazy about shit. Like, they love this shit. They eat it up with a fucking spoon, mm-hmm. man. And uh, first of all, these are some tough cats. These are definitely... Oh, yeah, they win. Although, see, here's the thing, because hockey always like... So well, hockey, hockey, absolutely. Right. They but, are... T- but but they're wearing pads, so arguably... You know, they're wearing safety gear, so arguably... Still. Yeah, they, they're wearing still, helmets. Right. Don't, right. don't... I, I don't want to ice hockey. Trust me I when I tell you this. Yeah. If I'm taking one guy, yeah. pound for pound... Of any professional athlete other than a professional fighter. Ice hockey. Okay. Yeah. I'll take Nick Fatio over anybody. Right. The conditioning (laughs) that they're in. They play continuously. uh, Yeah. The rugby thing. That's guys like Australian rules football. Yeah. That's insane. But I'll tell you, if you want the the most of of all the the, the sports I've seen, Mm -hmm. okay, hurling, Irish hurling. Yeah. I went to the All-Ireland Hurling Championships at Croke Park. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's in uh, uh, Ballsbridge, I believe, in South Dublin. Okay? I've never... 
it's it is something I can't believe they don't show this shit on like you know NBC you know sports or FS1. This is out of control. It is absolutely insane. First of all, not only it's basically Australian rules football, but with a little teeny ball and everybody mm. is carrying a big wooden stick. Oh, fun! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're holding the ball and somebody sway, you know, and takes swing at it, breaks all your fingers. Yeah. Too bad. No autopsy, no foul. I mean, that's basically the rules of the game. I've I've never seen anything like it. It is off the chain, and they have to separate the fans. Okay, you're talking about a country the size of basically, you know, New Jersey. Something like, I mean, it's, you know, it's Ireland. They have to separate the fans by like two, by like, I don't know, like 20 yards, okay, in the stands. And they have 10-foot high fencing with chicken wire at the top of it so they can't climb over. That, they are rabid. It's, it's. It's truly one of the more remarkable things. So what caught my eye? This headline, this has got to be one of the greatest headlines I've ever read. Florida fisherman lost at sea for 14 days, claims he was sexually assaulted by mermaids. Mm. Yeah, I saw, yeah. That, I saw that headline. Yeah, the uh, Alvin McAllister, 72-year-old, was found in a small, rocky islet 200 miles off the nearest coastline where he was shipwrecked two weeks. Mesh survived off of... <laughs> Several seagulls, mussels, and urchins. Apparently, right. Some and, of the things that and, he was and totally didn't drink any salt water. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a true story. Yeah, right. apparently, you know what he ate. You know, they say caused him to hallucinate because he quote described in graphic detail how yeah. he was for- forced, forced, mm-hmm. forced to perform oral sex on the fish-like genitals of these aquatic creatures. Not only onto the women, but also onto the men. I see. So, yeah. So this gay guy drank a lot of salt water. That's pretty much it. I'm I'm shocked. Uh, staying at sea. You want to stay yeah. out of sea? Passenger dressed as clown causes mass brawl on cruise ship. Witnesses say again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just, this is obviously reaching epidemic purports. I'm surprised the CDC hasn't come out with some sort of warning. A mass brawl broke out on a British cruise ship Friday morning, leaving several people injured and others confined to their cabins for the rest of the journey. Basically, these people got quiet time on their cruise. Okay? Um, the P&O cruise ship Britannia it was on the final leg of a cruise to Nor- through Norway's fjords. Um, when a fracas broke out, a fracas, you got to love, you know, mm-hmm. British uh, British reporting. I like to say fracas. Fracas. Uh, let me see. Uh, correspondent was on board the ship uh, from ITV from uh, Good Morning Britain uh, when the fight broke out. In a series of messages on Twitter, he said that heavy amounts of alcohol, shockingly, contributed to the violence that started on the 16th floor restaurant on Thursday when a passenger appeared dressed as a clown. Mm. The passenger's attire apparently upset some of the guests. One witness, part of a group involved in the trouble, explained to staff that things kicked off when another passenger appeared dressed as a clown. This upset one of their party because they'd specifically booked a cruise with no fancy dress. It led to a violent confrontation. I'm, you know, 
Hey, man. But, uh, <laughs> I, 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 almost, I, I wanna, I wanna meet the people that consider clown outfits fancy, fancy dress. dress. This is, well, they're British. It's British. Right. It's like, look. <laughs> I didn't, not, anything other than formal right. attire fatigue. I, I said, no, no one here, I booked a cruise, no one dressed like members of parliament, and here comes Boris Johnson. Pretty I'm, much. I picked up a chair and went at it. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, when these guys say oh my no God. fancy dress, they're talking about you know formal attire for mm. dinner, supper, for supper. I know, you know? I know, but the, I, I I'll wager that that was somebody's way of, of I just, scoffing I just, at that. I'm just thinking. Here it is. You ready? I just this just occurred to me. Ready? Yeah. Here it is. The sequel shakes the clown too. Oh. Oh, that's horrible. Shakes the clown, yeah. too, baby. Shakes the clown. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That is one of the greatest movies. It was all right. Okay, Florence Henderson. Her that performance was, that, alone if, is Oscar. Right. How does she not get an Oscar for that? Explain that to me like that I'm was, a fucking that, five-year-old. It made the movie. That is, she is brilliant. Absolutely. That role for her. And Robin Williams is the mime? Come on. That... It's just, it's a, if you haven't seen Shakes the Clown, I'm not sure I can have respect for you. I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure I can be friends with you. It's like saying you don't like Led Zeppelin or something. Like being a Trump supporter? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. So, stuff is going on. You know, we live in this age of uh, distractapalooza, as I called it last week. I mean, everything is about distracting you from other shit. And... Later on in the show, I'm going to be talking about what I think should be done. You know, okay, that's going to solve a lot of problems. But, you know, this is one of those, uh, Stephen Colbert does this, but he does it, you know, as a comedy bit. Meanwhile, you know, Mm -hmm. in the rest of the world, well, right now, okay, in the rest of the world, there are protests and uprisings. You got Hong Kong. Everybody knows about that. Because it involves China, mm-hmm. okay? But there are other places in the world, Lebanon, Iraq, Chile, and Bolivia, all have had major protests in the last week. Um, in Iraq, mm-hmm. there were protests regarding, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the disparity in uh, uh, rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were not public services. No, it's public services. They're basically basically what happened is we went in, fucked up their country, mm-hmm. blew everything up, and then split. And now they're pissed off at whoever's running the joint now mm-hmm. because you know there's no infrastructure left because we've basically been there saying not on our watch. Talk about right. keeping somebody under their thumb. Um, in Chile, in Santiago, mm-hmm. Chile. That is where 800,000 people came out and protested the other day over the uh, widening gap between rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Okay, 800,000 people in Santiago, Chile. A country, oh, I w- let me see if I, yeah, pretty sure we've got a, uh, a fingerprint on that joint too. Allende, Pinochet. Well, yeah. yeah, well, don't we? Yeah, you know, you realize the interesting thing about that was in... Uh, Somewhere in, uh, in like 1972, when the CIA was covertly 
trying to overthrow the democratically elected leader of Chile, Salvador mm-hmm. Allende. Mm-hmm. One of the things they did is they organized a trucker strike, and Chile is like the world's largest supplier of bulk abalone. Okay. okay? Not high-end stuff for fancy restaurants, but like the bulk stuff. And it's u- it was used back then in feed for cattle. And so as a result of, of us overthrowing Allende and inserting one of the most brutal dictators of all time. In the process, we actually managed to raise beef prices here in America by about 15% because of that. Once again, American consumers, you know, paying the price for for us. Uh, Bolivia just had an election uh, that, and this isn't violent protest. What they did is they did the, uh, the Gandhi thing. They just said, we're shutting down a country that didn't go to work. And so nothing's getting done. There have been some protests, but there's no serious violence as of yet anyway. Um, I didn't check over the weekend. But, you know, we'll see how that goes because the guy that was president um, was reelected. And people are claiming, of course, you know, that it was fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and nor, there's a great line from, I think it was Westman. He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot. Normally... We fixed those elections. I'm surprised we didn't, you know, we, we can't control it. Uh, but the one that caught my eye was in Lebanon, in Beirut, Lebanon. Decades of corruption and criminal mismanagement by Lebanon's ruling elites, which basically, you know, and the ruling party there, okay, Hezbollah. Okay, these are... People, you know, I've said this before, and I'm not going to go into depth because I had a conversation with a friend of mine last night who vehemently disagrees with me on this. But I talked about um, when the uh, squadron, when the squad gals, you know, said they weren't going to go over there, over to Israel. All right. Um, and I said, you know, you can scream and yell and hem and haw all you want, but Palestinians chose a terrorist organization to run their country. And, I, I, and, I and are now surprised when, you know... You like to start that story in the middle. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, I'd like to start, but I'm... Okay, in any event, the uh, it's basically the same clique that have, in Lebanon that have uh, governed the country since its independence in 1943 and have finally... This has finally led to an economic implosion and, se- and social explosion. The Lebanese people have risen up several times throughout their modern history to demand change, uh... Back in 2005, following the killing of former Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri, uh, which forced Syria to withdraw its troops from Lebanon. Uh, but decades later, then there was uh, the garbage revolution. When thousands of people took to the streets to protest the government's persistent failure to collect mountains of trash, primarily in the streets of Beirut. But when Arabs revolted during the Arab Spring a couple of years ago, which was Talk about an opportunity missed. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, this was Barack Obama basically channeling Yasser Arafat. He didn't Mm -hmm. miss an opportunity to miss the opportunity. Okay, the Lebanese turned into spectators when that was going on. Not because they didn't suffer from the same socioeconomic problems, but because they were afraid of overhauling their fragile political system at a time of great danger in the region when ISIS was running amok, and so they settled for reform, mm-hmm. so-called, uh, rather than revolution. Except that those reforms, promised over and over again by politicians, once again, I'm shocked, shocked to say, never came. 
So on Thursday, this is a week and a half ago, for the first time in the history of, of Lebanon, people from all walks of life took to the streets demanding fundamental political change and accountability. On national television and unafraid, mm-hmm. they derided their uh, respective sectarian leaders, including President uh, Michel Aoun, Prime Minister Saad Hariri, and Hezbollah Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah, and blamed them for their misfortunes. Never before has that happened. Now, it was uh, these demonstrations were triggered by a legally questionable and financially obtuse, you know, like that, obtuse decision by the government to change, to, to, you're going to love this, to charge, you ready, mm-hmm. for WhatsApp calls. That's, that's what triggered this, okay? They said that uh, it was totally irrelevant, okay? This is not about a messaging app. It's about less than half the people in Lebanon being connected to official water supplies. A tiny minority getting full electricity coverage. More than a third of the country's youth being unemployed. And the majority lacking adequate health care and decent public education. In addition, the rule of law is non-existent. And the crimes of the wealthy and the politically connected go unpunished. The Lebanese pound. I didn't know that was their currency. The Lebanese pound. Did you know that? Uh, I might have heard that before. I had never heard that. Is in free fall. That's not what I think of when I hear Lebanese pound. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> the blonde pound. Uh, it's in free fall. Capital is leaving the country faster than a supersonic train. Syrian refugees make up nearly a quarter of the, of the country's population. That is the highest number per capita in the world. And that's not even counting the Palestinian refugees scattered in camps across the country who make up another, around 10% of the Lebanese population. All this comes by way of saying that winter is coming, mm-hmm. okay? Revolution is happening throughout the world. Mm-hmm. We're not paying attention to it at all. It's, we don't even, 99% of Americans don't know this, okay? It's not being reported on television. You don't see this on the news. Because Trump sucks the oxygen right the fuck out of every other anything else that can happen. He sucks the oxygen out of the room. It's it's Trump. Uh, yeah. it's, it's all Trump all the time. Yep. Uh, and this is really about paying attention, okay, to the fact that the world is still existing. And despite what... You know, Donald Trump is doing, you know, pulling pulling troops out of Syria and the whole thing with the Turks and and the, the Kurds who are, you know, the largest uh, ethnic group in the world without their own country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 30 million of them. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're literally the largest. They're, they're about to be erased. Yeah, they're, well, they're. I'm, Watch. I'm, yeah, I'm not even going. I'm not even going to go it's, down. It's it's sad. It's heartbreaking. I don't, you know. Uh, it is. It's, you know, look, I'm, yeah, I'm not even going to go down that rope. I'm just saying that when spring comes around again this year, all right, sadly, Donald Trump is going to be president. And yet, 
I'm curious, because he's such a day trader, such a knee-jerk reaction kind of guy, I wonder if he is going to take a look at something like that and perhaps stick his finger, you know, on the stove and say, you know, let's, you know, it's democracy. Let's see, you know, we don't have any, there's no financial interests that mm-hmm. I'm going to have to worry about in this place or that place, unlike, you know, China or oil fields. And he's going to take a look and say, yeah, we're going to go in there and kick somebody's ass because these guys, we want to help these guys stand up for democracy and against a terrorist organization that is masquerading as a government. I, you know, I'm not hopeful. But it's going to be curious because we're, it's coming around. You know, these are things that go in cycles. Mm-hmm. And if they're protesting openly, okay, in Lebanon which is a flashpoint. We all know it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. That's a place where shit can, you know, it's tinderbox, as always. Yep. And they're surrounded by a whole bunch of people, you know, that are already in flux. Just keep your eye on that. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the Iraq um, the demonstrations in Iraq, you know, that's of note, too. I'm saying keep your eye on the demonstrations in Beirut and in Lebanon. I think this is going, over the coming months, Okay, this is going to be something that is going to lead to something bigger. I mean, the the Arab Spring was, was touched off in, what, Tunisia? Okay. I think so it was touched off in a very, like, this one guy, you know, setting fire to himself or whatever, you know? And all of a sudden, there you go. Arab Spring, and we let that one just go. Yeah. We, we blew that one. Uh, let me see. Domestically, you heard about the MCA, the uh, Mexico, Canada, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NAFTA 2.0. Right. All right. This is, uh, you know, I, I uh, read uh, basically the terms of it. You know, what, what makes it different from the original NAFTA. And... As far as I could tell, most of what they say is new and improved. I'm going to tell you something. I don't like how Trump did it, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I'm on board with. Right. Well, I'm, he, I'm, yeah. I'm on board with. Well, even I don't con- like the methodology by saying his, his whole thing was it's bad because Obama did it. No, it's not. Right. It was it needed to be modified, but the you know, it was bad because Clinton did it actually. You know, or a Democrat writ large. The fact that where we are now, if you take a look at it, okay, the uh I mean one well, the stipulations for intellectual property and digital trade, okay, that's one of these weird things. It's it's a complete and utter capitulation to uh um, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry. Seriously, mm-hmm. it is. It's. I mean, once again, I'm shocked, shocked, shocked. I say, <clears throat> but the but the it's it's the the Congress, okay, hasn't even taken it up yet. Mm. Okay, they haven't. And uh, Mexican president, the Mexico passed it. Mexico passed it, and they're doing. They they passed it with more stringent. Regulations 
that mm. you know were were insisted upon. There were various things about wages, fifteen dollar an hour, anything that's made and then brought through. Had the workers have to have fifteen dollar an hour. There was some good shit in there. There really is. Um, it raised the amount, like when you build a car, in order for it to say built in America and be able to avoid, you know, a two percent tax, whatever it is. It had to have a certain amount of it actually manufactured in America, the mm-hmm. parts, the you know, all that stuff. That was increased from like 62%, 75%. Yeah, it's going to make it tougher, but all right. I see where he's going with it. I'm not sure about the law, the big picture financial implications there, but I see where he's going with it. I understand what's behind it. The thing is, is that the Democrats right now are, and this makes me fucking crazy. Okay, what they're seeking is tougher labor, and environmental enforcement provisions. Basically, this is the progressives. And if they're anything, the one thing they ain't is progressive. That I can fucking assure you of. Okay, they're basically forcing House Democrats to commit what what amounts, in my opinion, to political malpractice. This is what they're doing. Okay, they think that allowing anything that President Trump supports, okay, or endorses, he anything that he wants that they pass mm-hmm. in a bipartisan way, they see that as a victory for Trump, as opposed to what they're supposed to be looking at. You fucking pieces of shit. Which is, is it a victory for Americans? Right. Oh, I know. All right. Yeah. This it's, it's, is it's spiteful. It's, yeah. yeah. It is. Absolutely, this is the perfect political vehicle for Democrats. Show voters that they're willing to compromise, that they know how to get things done. You know Mm -hmm. what? We don't give a shit who proposed it. We've taken a look at it. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Yeah, this is a good thing. Okay, but once again, no. What are they doing? They are choosing partisan politics over the promise of... Of patriotism, their sworn oath. To That's a serve very good point. The being people. being partisan, in spite of the proper decision, is wrong. Yes. Okay. And and it's a. This is literally a perfect demonstration. I wrote this down here of their self-loathing, which believes inevitably that the good is indeed the enemy of the perfect. Mm-hmm. We want more. What do they want again? They want tougher labor and environmental enforcement provisions. Not here in America. Mm-hmm. They're talking. They want it in, in Mexico and Canada. Shut the fuck up. Burn it. AOC. All of you. You're not progressive. Okay. What you are is a hindrance. You're a fucking roadblock. To business. Stop worrying about whether or not, okay, we have a good economy in 2020 because you think that might make it more difficult for a Democrat to get elected. And start worrying about what you are supposed to be doing, which is serving the public. The oath you took, okay, I'm telling you something straight up. This is 
a this is it's political malpractice. This is polit- Pelosi. I wrote down that Pelosi's policy would be greatly served to try Leonard Skinner. You know, working for the MCA. Right? Okay. The uh, the final lyric in that says. But I'll sign my contract, baby, and I want you people to know that every penny I make, I'm going to see where my money goes. Bravo, Leonard Skinner. That's exactly yeah. it. You can't. What is wrong with you people? What is wrong? You know, it's one thing if you can't beat Trump and get the job done at the same time, then maybe that ain't the job for you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear they're not progressive. Those are not fucking. We want more. Yeah, so do I. I'd like greater environmental controls. I would like greater labor enforcement unions. I, I like, I think unions would be a good thing. I'd like all that. But you know what? Stopping everything else because you don't get everything you want makes you a fucking bitch. All right. Okay. Okay. The would you and and here's the thing that blows my mind. Not so much that it hasn't passed yet. It hasn't even been brought to the floor. Pelosi isn't brought to the floor. She's pulling a Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Hey, well, you. I I listen. I agree with you. I'm not right. gonna, I can't say anything because. And and here's and this is and this the is what happens. Of America this is, is what business. happens. They're being spiteful. Spiteful with each this other. Is yeah, totally, totally cutting off your nose. Despite okay, your face. Yeah, and cutting off your nose, and then bending over so somebody can fucking chop off your head too. Yeah, you stupid. This is a this is a political. It's a yeah. silver platter. Go in there and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we agree with Donald Trump on this. This is what's best for workers. That's how you win them over. That's how you win. Not by worrying about whether or not you're giving Trump a victory, but by actually getting a victory for the people you want to vote him out of office in the first place, you stupid fucking idiots. Unbelievable. This one, here's one that nobody is paying attention to, and I'm not going to uh, go into depth because it can get a, it can literally make your eyes roll in the back of your head. But the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, which is basically the watchdog organization over Wall Street. Mm-hmm. These are guys that make sure that, you know, Ivan Bolsky doesn't mm-hmm. junk bond us back into the fucking Stone Age. These are the people that make sure, you know, he's already, Trump has already basically, you know, cut off the balls of uh, the CFTC, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, you know, Mm -hmm. people are supposed to be looking out for consumers. All right? He got rid of them. Now what he's doing, he put a guy named Clayton Mm -hmm. in as the head of the SEC. And uh, they're basically, what he's doing is internally putting people in that don't have experience in auditing. This is about the audit part of it. Audit watchdog plagued by internal strife. A whistleblower, mm-hmm. which I'll be talking about later as well, claims regulator issues, r- claims that the regulator is issuing 
fewer audit inspection reports as board struggles with infighting and senior staff shortages. Accounting regulator eagerly adopts Trumpian management techniques. And really what they do is these are the people that make sure that the audit companies, okay, these are the uh, the companies that basically gave all of those bonds, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, derivative bonds and all that shit, AAA ratings, mm-hmm. okay, because they were paid to do so. Their job is really to be nonpartisan. They're supposed to not, the audits of the SEC are supposed to basically be accountants. They're bean counters. That's it. They're supposed to keep an eye on the people. As a matter of fact, they're not. What they are is they're the guy who owns a brewery. All right. They, they own, they own the, the factory. They're keeping an eye on the guys who count the beans. All right. That's their job. And now what you have is a stark difference emerging. And I wrote this down. It's just the difference between regulation and manipulation. Okay. okay. Regulation is what we want. Okay. You know, I believe in capitalism. But you laissez-faire it past a certain point, and we wind up with 2008. Even even the people that believe in, in laissez-faire, they believe yeah, that they, there ought to be rules for them that's right. doing business with each other. Yes. So it's not like they don't believe in rules. I, they believe that if I, if I give you a certain amount of money, uh, I, 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 you know, I get the contracts and everything. They believe in all that. So don't – Yeah, back yeah. in the day – when, uh, there, JP- there are no economic anarchists, despite what they might say. Yes, yes. Very well put. Thank you. That's I've exact- used it before. That's exactly you're 100% true. Anarchy is not what they want. On the other hand, guys like Jamie Dimon, Kevin mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs, he's literally like, uh, they used to call it Morganizing, J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Okay? When he would consolidate a bunch of stuff and, and you know a bunch of businesses and when he basically bailed out Wall Street, okay, mm-hmm. the first time, and then the second time, they, he couldn't do it. There's a whole thing, but it was called morganizing. That was that was a term back then. And I remember I was reading somewhere that one of the interesting things was that people hailed him as a hero, but the real truth about J.P. Morgan was he, he was all for regulations that suited his needs. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there you go. He wanted... Right. He wanted Yeah, he wanted those that were to be regulated to have a truly guiding force in how the regulations were written and (laughs) how they were enforced or not enforced. Now what we have is a capitulation to that kind of thinking, except it's happening in a way that, once again, nobody is paying attention to. And there was an interesting op-ed in the New York Times from the guy who used to head the SEC. And he wrote about this. He said, you know, nobody's paying attention to this, and it is really, really dangerous. This is something that is, this is really fucking important shit. And it is complicated, and it is worth spending the time to read slowly and look up the term. I had to look up shit, and I'm into this shit. Mm -hmm. Look up the terms so that you understand what these people are talking about so you can have a greater grasp on how they are going, they are slowly but surely fucking you. And even Mm -hmm. worse than that, allowing the people that have always fucked you 
to continue to fuck you even worse. Even worse. I mean, it's, it's, Wall Street has been allowed to run amok for ever since basically Bill Clinton mm-hmm. got rid of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the, the regulations. Yeah, the regulations, you know, from the Glass-Steagall. Yeah, Glass-Steagall. A regulation that was put in, put in place during, like, I believe the Harding administration. Mm-hmm. And it was literally, it was brought in, it was before Hoover. It's Harding. And or Coolidge, maybe it was Coolidge administration, and literally though the laws, the original Glass Steagall Act. Do you know what it was meant to combat? It was actually a gambling regulation. Right. Yeah. It was put in place because of what were known then as bucket rooms. Bucket rooms right. allowed people to bet on the market, mm-hmm. on the stock market. It was right. just betting, and they mm-hmm. said what they were afraid of was that the banks would start betting on themselves. Right. So they made that impossible until you know. Bill Clinton said, right. no, these people paid for my campaign. Sure, you right. can butt-fuck everybody out there right. in their wallet. Uh, I thought, to, and, you know, I'm just saying, please, I am begging anybody with an earshot of me. This is important shit, okay? The Arab Spring that's on the horizon and the lack of oversight in the auditing division of the Securities and Exchange Commission is critical. This, and, and it happens slowly, it is the creep that has been taking place. So that's why it never makes the big news. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really, you know, the, the op-ed that the uh, former head of the SEC wrote got like, it, it got a, 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 it got a gentle wave from like CNBC and I'm pretty, yeah, it didn't even, and literally flew right over to head of Maria Bartiromo and, and, you know the rest of the uh, the 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 Varneys over at uh, Fox Business. You know? Mar- Maria Butteroma. Butteroma. I remember when she was like a respected Wall Street reporter. She used to report from the yeah, floor. Yeah, but then somebody offered her some money. That's right. And now she's you know Trump's mm-hmm. bitch. All right, here's one. You're gonna love this. I I saved this just for you. This is an op-ed. By Pat Robertson. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, because I know he's in love with this uh, whole Syria thing. Well, Christianity is not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with Donald Trump. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. When Christ came 2,000 years ago, he came not with a set of rules for us to try hard to follow in order to become better people. But with a cross that accomplished our righteousness for God. He came not with more religious regulations but with the very righteousness of God. Yet, sadly, sometimes we treat Christianity like a set of strict rules to follow. This is a deadly error. One of the worst things you can do in your spiritual walk with God is to equate your beliefs with cold, dead religion. Let me state this plainly. Christianity is not a religion. Okay? Mm. Christianity is a personal relationship with President Donald Trump. It is not ritual. It is not ceremony. It's not going to church on the first first day of the week and wearing your Sunday best. It's not wearing shine of Basically, it goes on and on. But, of course, this is obviously... A parody. Yes, it is. And yet, is it? Hmm? Yeah, well, because I, I, I speak that language, and uh, and he wouldn't have said those things. No. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So, I thought that was interesting, and... In keeping with that, well, 
You know who fits that bill perfectly? Yeah, Betsy DeVos. Oh, my, my favorite. Held in contempt over George's order. We talked about this in the Cruella last Cruella DeVille. She's, uh, she's a proud recipient of the Roy Moore Award for yeah. the most ironic person on earth. Yeah, chapel in her home. A chapel in her mansion. In her mansion. And Jesus, despite what despite what Pat Robertson said, Jesus did come to earth with a set of instructions, and he only singled out one entire group to say that this, these people don't go to heaven, and it's rich people, Betsy. <laughs> you. Not homosexuals, all right? Not people who have abortions. Yeah. All right? You. Yeah. Abortions aren't even... even he didn't even single out people that pursue other religions. Yeah. Right, he didn't pursue. He didn't say. He didn't say Gentiles because he was Jewish and he was only speaking to Jews. Jesus, you know, his message was was. Yes. you know, he's a rabbi, so his audience was only Jews, and he didn't even say the Gentiles won't go to heaven. He didn't say the publicans won't go to heaven because he was always taking shots at them. But he didn't say that they won't go to heaven. He only said that about one group of people. Betsy DeVos. Let me tell you something. Okay, the one thing I know for sure about God. Is that he ain't religious. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. He ain't religious. All right. That's the one thing I know for sure. About that. But yeah, yeah so she got, uh, she was a contempt of court for yeah, collecting. Yeah, 100, 100 grand. Right. Yeah. Like she doesn't have that shit. They, she was still, or... she was still collecting on, on loans that students took to go to a fake university. Right. Where part of the, the the scam of this fake university was convincing people. There was this big high-pressure sales pitch to get these people. This is the Corinthians. Yeah. To get people to enroll in all these classes that they touted highly and then help them get the the loans that they needed. But it was a, a sham school. The instructors yeah. weren't certified. They had to salty. And the name, Corinthians. Yeah, of course. It's very ironic. So right. I just... I know. I, I never tired of that. Now, so, let me tell you about the difference between... Something like Betsy DeVos and my friend for well over 30 years, Keith Williams. Keith Williams from New York. Okay. He is not. He is going. This guy, this cat's going to heaven. Okay. And here's how I know that. He just helped build a greenhouse on top of a church in Harlem. So 129th and Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard where they grow food and herbs as well. That they then use in the pantry that the church uses to feed hungry people in the neighborhood. It's the wave of the future. Okay. That's what my friend Keith. Yeah, that's great. That's what he's doing. There should he's be building, a garden on every rooftop. a greenhouse on top of a church that grows food in order to feed hungry people. God bless. Ah, uh, yeah. That's Take right. that, Betsy. Yeah, he's on the VIP. Yeah. He he goes right past the velvet robes, right in, right in. You know, that's that's what virtue is. My boy Keith Williams up it's called there. noblesse oblige. Noblesse. It's an ancient concept. Yeah. Even before it was called that, it was articulated first by Homer in the Iliad. In the Iliad, yes. Yeah. And and in, in his book, example, I never finished. Right. It was. Uh, I also didn't. In his example, he was. It was uh, the 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 nobles. He was encouraging the nobles to to be at the forefront, at yeah. the vanguard of the armies. Yes, and that and saying that you don't deserve your position if you don't do this thing. This yeah. is how they will know that. This is how your followers know that you're someone who des- deserves yeah, and to then be of followed. Course we came around during the Civil War and said, "Hey, if you got you know three hundred bucks, you don't have to fight." And that was yeah. the end of that. 
That's that like basically so- that's the end of uh, three hundred bucks. You know the ironic part about that's that? more expensive than having bone spurs. I'm going to tell you something straight up. You know, historically, now that we've you know now we can look back at the whole thing. So it turns out the money actually came in handier than the troops did as a result of that. The money was what was really needed at the time in order. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. So yeah. let's talk about music for a while. Um, Walter Becker, guitar uh, player for Steely Dan, one of, you know, it's him and Fagan. He passed away a couple of years ago, and they auctioned off all of his, uh, he had literally hundreds of guitars, amps, and more. And it, uh, the amount of money that it got was $3.3 million worth of guitars. This is interesting. <clears throat> Significant items and sales at the auction included a signature 1959 Gretsch Tennessee and hollow body electric guitar signed in a white marker by Chet Atkins. Uh, that was sold for 12800 valued at between two and 3000 He had a 57 Fender Duosonic um, that uh, is seen in a picture of the liner notes for uh, their 77 uh, record Asia. That sold for 57000 Six hundred dollars value between four and six grand. It's literally the you know the guitar's worth six grand, but because of where it's been, who owned it, it's worth an extra fifty cheese apparently. Uh, a pedal board setup that was used uh, at his apartment sold for thirty two grand, worth about a thousand bucks. You buy you buy the entire pedal setup for about a G, all right. And and this one has a bit of a personal, I like this, a red Sadowski, my, my boy Roger Sadowski, mm-hmm. okay, uh, a red Sadowski Telecaster-style solid-body electric guitar nicknamed Josie, played by Pecker in 95. Uh, he played on The Late Show with David Letterman. At the time, of course, Will Lee was playing a custom-made Will Lee model Sadowski bass. Um... Uh, and he also played it uh, on a full tour. That sold for $25,600. Call you know, you want to get a, a Sadowski guitar like that? You're looking about three grand. Custom-made Sadowski guitar like that. Yeah, 25 Gs. Um, Is that all? I got that ready? Yeah, and uh, some guy apparently said uh, there was a crackling of excitement in the air when uh, the bidding went up seemingly exponentially for a 1930s Bruno acoustic guitar decorated with a Hawaiian theme. He, uh, Becker, like, moved to Maui. Okay. And he lived out there most of the time. Um, and then a blue background, which was purchased for a surprising $28,125 after having been valued at, you know, about two to 400 bucks. And then, uh, a Los Angeles businessman seated in the gallery bought the guitar for his wife, who wanted it for their beachfront house in Hawaii. Man, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have that kind? I'm just saying. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm not sure that's what I do it if a boy. Mm-hmm. So it is that time of year again when, uh, you know, we'd customarily bitch slap the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. However, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they got a lot right this year. And sadly, you know, as far as the nominees are okay. concerned. Okay. I've got. A Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction class out of this year's nominees. 
absolutely no question about it. Okay, I broke it down to uh, three categories this year. You've got the no way, okay, no objection, mm-hmm. and then no doubters. All right, first the no way category. Dave Matthews Band, Depeche Mode. Sorry, I, see, I, I I disagree with the their their criteria for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan. But so it's am not I. Rock and Roll. Oh, don't get me wrong. I like I mean, the Patrick. Okay. Uh, Whitney Houston. No. Nine Inch Nails. No, I would. No, not yet. Like not yet. Show? Oh, okay. Not yet. Okay. The Notorious B.I.G. I, I, no. Sorry. No. The next category is my no objection category. The Doobie Brothers. Okay. Okay. I, you know, yeah. right. sure. Judas Priest. Sure. I'm yeah. not that big a fan, but I know people nevertheless, who literally... Nevertheless, they, yeah. they made their mark. They, Yeah, significant. Yeah. Sure. Rob Halford, great voice. Rob Halford, yeah. So they have good songs. Unlike Pearl Jam, I like a lot of their songs. <laughs> you know. Okay, the next one, this band is kind of tough for me. And this is like, okay, MC5. Okay? Here's the thing. They're basically like... Uh, I was thinking about... They're like Bo Jackson. Okay? In that what they did... While they did it, to this day, influences music. Okay? All right. But they just don't have, they didn't do enough. They weren't around long enough. They just don't have a big enough catalog. There's just not enough of it. They need new sections of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They need new categories, you know, like the Oscars or shit. You could be nominated. Here's an extra. Okay, then there's T-Rex. All right. I'm, you know, I'm okay with sure, that. Sure, why not? Sure. I get the glam rock thing. I get it. And he's, he's got some... His influence at the time and in further that mm-hmm. whole era, okay, Donovan, Bowie, blah, 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 all that shit, into, you know, uh, the New York Dolls. You know, it's like a precursor. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, you know, the pussy-ass version of New York Dolls, essentially, you know? All right. Here's one. This one's going to be tough for you. Okay, ready? Right. Right. You ready? You know ready. who's nominated this year? I, I didn't look at any of these. I don't. I I, I uh, don't acknowledge one, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm, this I'm is one boycott them mentally. This is one of those bands that I think they need to have a special category for incredibly influential, though right. not necessarily um, widely popular as far as sales. You ready? Here it comes. Ready. Craftwork. Okay, I saw them in concert. They just stood there. But I love Kraftwerk. They're very influential, Their influence like you said. Is very Electri- I mean, far they, and they, wide, baby. Arguably, there are people that will argue it, but arguably invented electronic music. There are other artists. There was there was YMO in Japan, and there was this this Tangerine one individual, Dream, Dream. But there was there were individuals that actually technologically that Gary they, Newman, right? Gary Newman. But Gary Newman. You listen to interviews with Gary Newman. Gary Newman went into a recording studio with – he was in a guitar band. He said he had a guitar band. And by the way, there's the great music. And he said there was a Moog sitting over there, and he started playing with it, and he canceled the session and rewrote all his songs for synthesizers. He said mostly because we were lousy guitar players. But I'm talking – I like the members a bit of, of an accent right there. Right. You, you were cheering. You, you almost went into it. You're like one, yes, one. So, but, oh, Never mind. But, <laughs> but the, the members of Kraftwerk – uh, YMO, and then there was this other guy. They actually technologically experimented with the equipment to be able to make the sounds that they made, and that's what Kraftwerk did. They had and they, an they idea. They literally let, right. you know, 
You think about guys like Robert Fripp, mm-hmm. Frippatronics, mm-hmm. that kind of a lot of that stuff. Kraftwerk, yeah, their influence they, cannot be. First, they had to they had to invent the way to make the sound, and then they made it sound good. Yes. Okay. This one now. This is one that I had in the no objection category, but I've started to turn my thumb upward. All right. Pat Benatar. I'm saying yeah. Mm. That's chick to come I, I liked her, especially the first two albums. Every song on her first two albums is great. We should have uh, some uh, not played a lot on uh, on the radio, Pat Benatar, in one of the next things. I'll, I'll put some suggestions some in there. Absolutely. Some We're off-chart off Pat you Benatar. Know, and here's the thing. The, the reason I'm turning my thumb upward, okay, with mm-hmm. Pat Benatar, is because... Joan Jett's in there. If Joan Jett hadn't been in it, Joan Jett's numero uno. Pat Benatar deserves it way more than Joan Jett. Oh, no. The body work of that. Joan Jett had two hits. Yeah, and guess what? Pat Benatar had album after album after album and good songs all the way across. But Joan Jett's already in there. That's why I'm saying to myself, you know what? Yeah. And I like Joan Jett, but I mean, she had two songs, and one of them is a Gary Glitter cover. Yeah, still, I, I... yeah, yeah, I got a personal thing there. Okay, I'm here's sure. this. She's not, no, into, she's not into guys, buddy. Here's the Pat no, Benatar, on the other hand, you know, she might give you a chance. Yeah. Um, here is the uh, third guy, the No Doubters. Top of that list, Motorhead. Okay, Don't even yeah. get me to, please. How is it possible or not? My hat's in? already off yeah. to Lemmy. Yeah, I mean, come on. How is it possible they're not in there? Um, Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. Okay, sure. You know? Yes. Once again, the Kraftwerk thing, to a certain degree, yeah, Rufus and Chaka Khan, I'm not sure it's possible to overstate the influence they've had Okay, on on music over the last 40 years. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Okay. Todd Rundgren. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, Why isn't down. he there already? Yeah. Right. Thank you. Soundgarden. Yes. 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 Yeah. Th- but again, it's like they're... they're fr- see... As far as Chris Cornell, date, Chris Cornell is the amazing. Voice I we saw saw him, uh, you know, I with never saw with the full. Hard. I saw him twice. I told you once was with the full band where it just sounded like Soundgarden. It was him, but he was <clears throat> he did some Soundgarden songs and he did some of his own stuff. And it just it sounded like I was playing a sound, except it just rich and full. You know, when you go to a concert, you want a little bit more than the yeah. Record. And it, and it was all that. And then I saw him at Revolution. Uh-huh. Right, nice intimate setting there. Yeah, right with him and his guitar and pedals. He sat on a stool. Yeah. He had a guitar. The voice alone and he had pedals, worth it. But it was, it was. There was nothing missing. It filled that place up, and everybody, everybody was dry eyed and quiet. You were just like everybody was just just tuning into it. It was a beautiful scene. Oh, right. God you bless know, him. Yeah. So Soundgarden, and here's the uh, the final no doubter and. I'm just not sure how it's possible these guys aren't already in. I, I don't understand it. This is this is beyond an oversight. Thin Lizzy. Oh, yeah. Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old, how they're not in there. This is why I don't acknowledge them, because it's all... I don't know what I we can't are. help myself. I'm a fucking... I don't because basically the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trolls me. They're trolling me. But this is like this is like this self-proclaimed thing. Like we are the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know you. All right. What do you know about okay, rock and first roll? For, okay, first things first. Okay, right. you know they 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 come off as the final arbiter, but at the end of the day, yeah. let's just let's just one thing clear. I'm the fucking foot. Right. Me. There you go. That's who. 
Who got to see the cat? <laughs> right. Right. But then Lizzie. You ha- then Lizzie sure. and Motorhead sure. are at the top of my list of what the fuck is wrong with you that they're not already in there. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Right. You know? I, I, I oh, God, I, I, please, God. And the, the thing is, is that I'm hoping if they, I say it every year, if they do this, that's it for me, of course, next year, they'll troll me again. Mm-hmm. That's what they're sure. going to do. And, you know, they kowtow to who? It's out to the record companies. You know what yeah. that means, right? Play record? Yeah, it's time for us to get back to the groove with the record company. Yeah. On SoFlow.com.
you can't afford it. I think you need to videotape recording. Come on. and turned to a leader and was seen as a champion of the working man. Well, it just loved seeing somebody on TV or, or in person who's talking their language. Politically, it was, it was a very smart move to say, hey, let's give a voice to these people. And, and it was phenomenal to see him. For a long time, corrupt politicians all peed in the pool. But administration was the first time you could pee off the diving board. You could wear Rolexes for all your life, uh, and you were essentially untouchable unless you crossed some political boundary. And then, regardless of whether you'd done something wrong or not, you were a target.
don't bet your life to count cause mama I'm sure art and I don't bet my life Say I and I, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, ever loving, ever fearful. That is Carl Dawkins and the Termites doing, uh, what was it? Otis Redding, right? Yeah, Otis Redding did that originally. Hard Handled 45 came out in 1969. This cat's one of the uh, original guys from, uh, he recorded at Studio One in Kingston, which is where, you know, Bob Marley got his start. He first recorded there. But this guy is basically, he's one of the original reggae guys, you know, he's one of the, the building blocks. You know, that, that first star in that. It's a great, great song. Before that, yeah, playing for a change. Uh, there's a series of these videos that are out there. Uh, this one, uh, it's Robbie Robertson also uh, on drums is uh, Ringo Starr. But uh, it's, you know, the uh, the song from the band The Wait. Um, it's cool. Man. It's a good version of it. They use uh, some really cool people from around the world, a couple of cats in Hawaii. Doing their uh, ukulele thing. It sounds nice in there. Very they got nice. some decent people, and there's they've got about three or four tracks out there that are just really good. They're good versions of the songs. So it's uh, playing for a change song around the world. So there you go. Uh, before that, Wild Billy Childish and CTMF. You can't capture time. That is from Last Punk Standing and Other Hits' most recent album. Uh, came out this year. He Billy Child's one of these guys. He's I don't know how many bands he's been in, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, it's like at least a dozen. And he's also you know performance artist and painter. He's one of these guys, you know. And uh, he had a band called uh, uh, the Headcoats, and he put together a girl group to like back them up, and then they became their own band called the Headcoatees. And I actually played them couple of years back. I played a track from them a couple of years back. He's pretty far out there, this guy. Billy Childish, right? You know? Uh, shout out. I was talking about this earlier. This is a song that uh, I got tipped off on by uh, an old pal of mine. 
Chambro, Dave Chamberlain. Uh, he's up there in, uh, De- in the Detroit area. He's up in Michigan these days, so he's part of that mm-hmm. whole crew. But uh, he he uh, got me hip to that little ditty. So shout out to Chambro. Thanks for that one. Before that, a little clip from a uh, documentary called State of Disaster. And, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, it was great. You know, people just, they, they turn to a champion of the people. They like seeing somebody on TV and in person who, who sounds like them, who gave them a voice. I like the other guy who's like, you know, basically politicians always peed into the pool. But now they basically get to pee off the diving board. You know, and, and there's no problem with that unless you cross a political line. And then you become a target. As long as you don't screw around with the ruling politics, you know, yeah. you're fine. I mean, Trump, if Trump has shown nothing else, it's that his allegiance is, yeah, well, fleeting. It, it, it's, it can be it's fleeting at any moment in time. Mm. You know? uh, before that, Erica Badu, Annie Don't Wear No Panties, that is a live kind of a teaser song she put out there. It wasn't actually on Wonder If I Cup. Five, five albums, five or six, mm-hmm. but uh, I couldn't find that on anyone in particular. It was kind of a teaser track. It was pretty cool, uh, you know, groove going on there. The bass line, that is just very, very funky. It's, it's some cool shit. Boy, that Eddie Bo, if it's good to ya, it's good for ya. It's <laughs> a so forty-five came out in nineteen sixty-nine on Scram Records. He actually, uh, this guy made his debut back in 55, and he on, um, hang on, I got to wrote down, Ace Records. This guy released more singles, okay, than anyone in New Orleans except Fats Domino. All right. Okay, which is a remarkable feat. And you think about the people that have come out with, I mean, Dr. John, the meters. Nope. Eddie Bowe. He's number two behind Fats Domino as far as the amount of singles he has put out from New Orleans. I'll tell you, the, uh, the title of the song, if it's good to you, it's, it's good for you. Uh, the, one of the things that, I, that, that it reminds me of is the, uh, the guy who introduces Steely Dan on their live version of Bodhisattva, which was originally released as a uh, B-side to the 45 Hey 19. It wasn't on any of their original albums. And uh, they didn't even put it on uh, their first. I don't even think it was on Decade of Dan or or Steely Dan Gold either. I think by the time by the time it was on an album, it was on like a four disc CD that they had come out with. But he's drunk. The guy's now he's like, I'm so glad to be here. This whatever's here, and they have to tell him. You hear the guy in the back and go, Hey, our name is Steely Dan. He goes, If it's good to you, it's Got to be good for you. The magnificent one is here, Mister Steely Dana. Whatever. One of my one of the all time great introductions of a band. And kicking off the set, yeah, the record company off the ground. You know, in perfect keeping with our uh, <laughs> our our loathing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Give it back to you as the album's their first uh, slab came out in 2016. Really, that was their. That's how they, they made their name for themselves, was that was that song. So, you ready? Yeah. All things wrong. First of all, just let me get this one out of the way. You know that letter that Trump sent to Erdogan? At the end of it, he goes, you know, don't yeah. be a tough guy. The musical version of that, of course. Billy, don't, don't be, be a, a hero. Yeah. Don't be a fool. With your that's, that's absolutely the musical 
first. Now, I was telling you, I, I couldn't resist the who's your al-Baghdadi thing. Ooh. Yeah, that one's got to be. This is kind of, Donald Trump, you know, I realized something is, he gets into trouble because really what he loves is the sound of his own voice, and he has mm. forgotten. And, you know, people talk about what a great salesman he is, and he has forgotten the salesman's a, a linchpin of being a good salesman, which is once quit, you sell quit it. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, like, once you time. sell it, don't keep no. talking so long, you end up buying it back. And he does that mm. consistently. Uh, a little hometown news. Wallman Skating Rink, which is in Central Park. It's the one you. that's mm-hmm. in every movie. Mm-hmm. He, um, to his credit, he went in there. Uh, this is back in the 80s, I guess. 80s or 90s. Probably no. 80s. It can't be the 80s. Probably in the 90s. Mm-hmm. At some point. And basically, bam. Revamped it. Made it what it should be. He did that. He did it with that. And he did it with one of the bridges. He came in uh, on time. On time and on the budget. You okay. Know? But it's been run. There's two ice skating rinks. There's another one that's way uptown at the north end of Central Park. Um, and the Trump company has managed both of those ice skating rinks. Okay. For, you know, 10, 15, 20 years now at least. And his name is all over. It was, you know, he's Donald Trump, man. He, you mm. know, these guys he can't help putting his fucking name every square inch of everything. Well... Their contract is up in right. 2021, and as has been a uh, tendency recently, all these buildings on the west side where the uh, the railroad yards used to be, it was like they all said Trump on them. They took all they took his name off of all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, the other day, basically, they you you can't find Trump anywhere. You can still see the T mm-hmm. above the concessions and you know in yeah. certain places, but they took his name off. Yeah, and. You know, I used to ice skate at Walman Rink a couple, three days a week. It was, you know, 10-minute walk from my house. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd go ice skating there. And when you were a kid, if you were 16 or under, I think, or, or 17 or under, you could pay five bucks, and you could skate from 11 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night, and you could leave and come back. Okay. The whole day, five bucks, which is great. Yeah, that is great. For a kid. I'll take that. So there were a bunch of us. We were like the skate punks, you know. Because we, we skated better than the other people did. And, you know, we would, mm. you know, I'm sure you've seen him at the roller rink. Yeah. You know, that's who we were. I wouldn't we even were. seen him at the roller rink. I am you it at, at the roller <laughs> rink. It's talking about. All right. So, you know, 30 congressmen do a sit in. You hear about this bullshit? What the fuck? The sit in, or are you talking about the raid? The raid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I silly horseshit. Matt gets. Of course, we got a Florida boy leading the throng. Yeah, I know, unbelievable. The uh, now I had a uh, chat. I called Dukey, my friend Dukey Brian Flanagan, about a week week and a half ago. Um, I mentioned this in the last show. Uh, October the eleventh was the fiftieth anniversary of Days of Rage, the day when Brian Flanagan got into a little kerfuffle with uh, some cat who was on a Chicago, you know, Chicago businessman, councilman, or whatever, councilman. You know, lunged for him, missed, hit his mm. head on the wall, been in a wheelchair ever since. Brian gets brought up on charges, is acquitted of everything. And uh, Brian was originally a member of the SDS, Students for Democratic, you mm-hmm. know, that did the sit-in at Columbia. I called him I said, look, you, you weren't passing your, uh, your strategy playbook along to the uh, Republicans hoping that this is going to work for them or something, man. They were organizing a sit-in. I said, they're organizing a sit-in in the skiff room. Mm. And they went down it with, like, a bunch of uh, cell phones. Yeah. You know, could so. you imagine if Democrats 
I don't. Oh, anything, any of this or or any of the other things that we're doing. We got clips of these people railing, you know, back then during oh, the yeah. uh, the Clinton impeachment. We got clips of Gowdy. We got clips of uh, of Lindsey Graham talking about how people that resist subpoenas, you know, should go to jail. Uh, the security and issue, though. I was I, sure. I, I, yeah, I was reading something. It's supposed you know, to be a secure room, and they're yeah, but they brought in cell phones. And phone they calls. said this was even more dangerous than just the average person bringing a cell phone in because they're congressmen, so mm-hmm. their cell phones are absolutely targets. Sure. Of, of foreign adversaries. Sure. Um, the decline in anonymity. This is one of those things, the whistleblower, and it ties in to these guys in this you know pizza party they had downstairs in the halls of Congress. Because their scream was, we want this to be more open. We want, you know, transparency and blah, blah, blah. Well, so far, to the best of my knowledge, we don't know who the whistleblower is. Right? Nobody knows. No, we're still taking bets. Yeah, we're still taking bets. But now it's irrelevant. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yes, it is. But for weeks, Donald Trump has insinuated, and of course, Hannity et al. have parroted, the non-whistleblower whistleblower, uh, they're talking about how he has connection. You know, the, the, the whistleblower yeah. has connections. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Right. How, how do you know? They're just making shit they're up. They're making shit Like they always up. do. These days, the goal is to out your opponent. Or, you know, it's, it's shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. This is all about shoot the messenger. I said, the reason that, re- that uh, Republicans, the past of their master POTUS, have been yelping for more transparency is because they want to have a specific target. All right, mm-hmm. they want the they want the whistleblower's name so that they can you know basically beat kill the, him, yeah, beat the shit out of him, so that they can put a target on them, right. so that That's these exactly. so that these gun nut loonies will uh, shoot him. They they have come to believe in President Trump's strategy. The best defense is to be as offensive, offensive as, possible. as possible. What do you think this this Go criminal on. investigation by Barr into the origins of the Russian bomb? We're going to punish the people who sought justice. Yeah, right. I know. You got to like that. That's why I've got that listen, closing song. Listen, <laughs> the, the Nazis and every evil villain group that we've ever seen on TV, like the Star Wars Empire, this is what Darth Vader and the Emperor do. Someone... Uh, you know, in our midst, isn't with the program. You got to kill him. It's the it's the pole potting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the government. You know, they. Uh, I like this one. They, uh, they they basically, you know, they're just screaming about all this shit, but they had no problem shrugging off the word lynching. Oh, yeah, Lindsey uh, Lindsey Graham. What a surprise that someone with a southern accent, that a southern gentleman wouldn't be offended by that, but would rather take up. I said Lindsey Graham excused, explained, supported. Uh, He thought that was an appropriate description of the impeachment process. The president, by extension, Fox News, made an art out of obfuscating the message by turning the messenger into the message, which is what they did with uh, the the, the Blasey Ford Mm -hmm. at, you know, that thing. They... This is the methodology. It is Roy Cohn. It's the Roy Coning strategy. Mm-hmm. Beat the shit out of your accuser. The message is irrelevant. It's who's giving it that is relevant to them. And I told you that last night I watched the uh, the 60 Minutes thing with Joe Biden. And there's been a lot of chit-chat recently. There was an article, like an op-ed in the New York Times. Uh, basically... About the Democrats doing a Brewster's Millions, but uh, none of the above. Mm-hmm. That was it from Brewster's Millions, mm-hmm. no? Um, and 
Well, the other thing that was on last night was uh, they did a whole thing on legalized marijuana. You have to watch this because I'll be talking about this on the next show. And the reason is this. Basically, it's everything I absolutely predicted would happen. And I said it on this show. I've got the clips. I said it. Everything that happened literally almost at in a Nostradamus-like way, except mm-hmm. better because I was specific. I gave specifics. In real time, and I'm still around, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about hundreds of years from now, JFK and, you know, Camelot and blah, blah, okay? I'm talking about shit that happened now. I got it absolutely right, hands down. But back to Biden. The interview we did last night on 60 Minutes, mm-hmm. I'm back on team. I am back on Team Biden. Okay. I'll tell you what. It goes beyond the fact that I think... He absolutely can beat beat Trump. I think he, I think he can do it. I think he he's been around long enough now. But the other thing is that he said something very important. He said, "Look, after four years of Trump, we need somebody who can step in on day one and actually knows the lay of the land and can fix the damage he's he's done." And he's right about right. that. He said, "After eight years, point. he said it could take a generation." To fix, to what fix what, yeah. which is something else I wrote. I said, you know, the, the, the pile of shit that Bush left on Obama's doorstep pales in comparison. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to repair it's institutions, compare, to- uh, repair the State Department. Remember, Tillerson, Tillerson already had started dismantling it, you know, when he was in there. Yeah, and even we he couldn't st- take right, it after right. a while because of— We uh, need to have a State Department. We actually— Yeah, well, I, you know, I spoke about that. You know, all the—you you know who doesn't have a— uh, an ambassador from the United States? Yeah, Bolivia, where they just had an election, and they're not, I mean, you know. Dude, we got acting everything. We don't have We don't even we have, have ambassadors. Acting. We have no ambassador to we Ireland. Have, we don't have ambassadors. No. We don't have department you, heads. I can do that job. Anthony Ronald Coleman, a New York Jew, okay, is the perfect ambassador to the Republic of Ireland, okay? I'm your man. I'm absolutely willing to do it. I'll do it for nothing. I'll literally do it for like a, you know, a stipend, a per DM. Just make sure that, that, you know, food, lodging, transportation, and my cable bill are paid for. All right? I'll do it just for that. But uh, there was an op-ed uh, written by Bobby Jindal. You remember this cat? Sure. The, uh, the yeah, yeah, the uh, self-hating brown guy. That's the one. Yeah, he's another one. Of course, he wrote this in a Wall Street Journal. So pretty much like all the other, you know, he parroted. Basically, the rest of the uh, the editorial board, uh, there you know the conservative punditries. Their their latest mantra is that uh, Democrats are being dragged too far to the left by the radical once again progressives mm. in the caucus. Let me tell you something, you stupid motherfuckers. All right, just so we're clear on this, there's nothing radical about being progressive. Let me right. Okay. Of course not. They, okay. He knows that. Yeah. All right. It's, it's just they it's just all know that, and yet they can't help themselves. All right. And he made a good. I I told you this. That Bill Maher made a very good case for this last night. All right. And you should watch that. But I will. It's on my basically, list. what Bobby Jindal said, okay, is that in order for a Democrat, any Democrat, to have a chance of beating Trump next year, they first have to become. Um, how should I put this? More Republican. We, we, have, we have that. That's what we have now. We have Republican I said, light. Here, I said, 
there's an interesting scene in the movie uh, Power, which is uh, with Richard Gere. And he says to his client, I played this actually on the show. I think I played this clip. Um, he says to a client that his ideas and policies don't matter during the campaign. Okay, right. only his message. And, and he says, my job is to get you elected. Once you're in office, you can do anything you want. Now, it seems to me that's kind of how we wound up with the current president. Yeah. Okay. Jindal at all are asserting that uh, far left policies are a loser in the general election. Okay. And this brings to light the real problem with the DNC. Okay. Which is, it's not their proposed policies by and large. Okay. It's their absolute reticence to use brass knuckles in a bare knuckle brawl. Yeah. And the other side does. You've got to use brass knuckles, man. If you've got to put a horseshoe inside, inside of your, your boxing glove in between rounds in order to get the job done, yeah. you got to hit below the belt. Sorry. They made the rules, okay? And now that it's there, yeah, we do want to take the high road. Once we're, Once we're in uh, office. Okay, this is a campaign, you fucking pussies. All right? I literally, I don't care. You know, this is the new brouhaha. Uh, Joe Biden is going back on his word, and he's saying that he will allow super PACs. Fuck yeah, man! Get that money, honey. That's what you're going to need. You know the big money boys are on, you know, they're, they're loading up Trump's coffers as we speak. I got no are. problem with that. I got no problem with playing the way we're supposed to play. I do, because then what's the difference? Well, the difference is what you do when you're in office. Once right, yeah. you're in office. Do I worry about somebody playing unfair on a campaign trail, winning the election by you know getting down into the muck and mire with the opponent, and then getting into office and thinking, let's just keep doing that in order to, you know, if that's what everybody liked, I'm going to keep doing that. I worry about that, but I'll tell you something. I worry about it a lot less with, with a Democrat than I do with a Republican. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Biden, and here's the thing. Joe Biden needs to put somebody on a ticket that can basically be, the, you know, he can be, that can be, they can play the bad cop. You know what they never do? They should have done it in the last election. They don't do it in this election. Get one of these popular people that, Popular, but still doesn't win the primary, yeah. like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie, and put them on I the ticket. I wouldn't put either. They're too old. You know well, who I want? But, Buttigieg. But, okay. I'd love to see Somebody him, like that. But he you know what I mean? Be, One of the other people, yeah, they never— Beto, forget Beto. They don't, they yeah. Yeah, you can't Beto. have him. Here's the thing. I'll tell you, what I saw, the problem these days is that after Obama broke the color barrier, and then Trump broke the stupid, unqualified barrier, mm-hmm. okay— I said this at the beginning of 2019, okay? Once the 2018 election, the midterms had happened, I said that everybody in a mother's going to run because now everybody thinks they actually can be president. Well, that, okay? that was, that's how we wound up with a fucking clown be. car full of people who basically mm. aren't, you know, they're wannabes, and a bunch of them are, are really, they're running just to up their Q rating, stuff yeah. their coffers. Yeah. I'll tell you. The uh, the brouhaha between Clinton and Tulsi Gabbard. Tell you one thing, I got I got to get yeah. And Clinton's right. 
Mm-hmm. Just as as Ralph Nader was an right. asset yeah. to George Bush in 2000. And Jill Stein. Jill Stein. It's exactly what I wrote. Jill Stein was absolutely an asset. I spoke about this a few shows ago. You get rid of the the libertarians in the Green Party, mm-hmm. that cat from New Mexico and Jill Stein. Right. Okay? I know. Yeah. Who's president? Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, do I have problems with her? Yeah. But. Right. Yeah. Let's let's try and. See, my guy, here's the guy that, that I would like to have seen, but he's already said he's not doing it. Okay? But I'll tell you, there's still time to get mm-hmm. in. Let the herd thin out a little bit. Let some people be culled by the caucus and, and you know, pushed off into the gutter. Here's who I want. Terry McAuliffe, okay. ex-governor of Virginia, wrote a fantastic book after he left office. A fantastic book about what happened in Charlottesville and about what that means for our country in general. This is a guy... He's this is a smart cookie, been around for a while. He's already said I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. He's already said he won't. But I'll tell you something. He's a guy that I like, you know. I like this guy and, and look, do I like Elizabeth Warren? Do I like the various policies of various Yeah, I I like some, you know. I do. I think they're going the right direction. I think McAuliffe would go in that direction without going over just full throttle as far left as I can to court, you know, the 22,000 blah, blah, blah constituency in the entire entire country. You can't play to every little group, man. This is what pisses me off. I'll tell you the other thing. I am sick of independence. What? You want to be a slave? Independence. (laughs) These, no, these... Oh, independence. People who call themselves... Independence, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the the uh, independent voters, you know, this or or as they're charitably referred to, mm-hmm. swing voters, swing voters, yeah. yeah, swing from a well, you know, don't do that. You don't want to be confused with a Republican now. Yeah, these are just political pussies who switch sides when the one that they're currently on does something so embarrassing they can't stand it no more, or. They are so convinced that the other side is going to put more money in their pocket that they'll jump ship. Pick a side, you fucks. Pick a fuck. Well, the, only the, the problem, Wait, okay. I know, I know. Third party? For, for, no. No. There third, is no third party. Election season. Is get inside and then pick yeah. the Democrat, right. make him president, and enforce him right, to, to listen your thing. to your issues. You're not going to get everything you want. Don't choose the election. You don't want to do third party stuff, you know, in between elections, please. You want to talk, you know, uh, come These together guys, as never a group. Trumpers, okay, who are Republicans? You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I'm not going to, but I just, I just can't bring myself to vote for a Democrat. Hey, asshole, that means you vote for Trump. Right, right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, shut I don't know with him. Don't be a fucking pussy. Nobody's in there with you. It's fine. Go out and tell everybody you didn't do it. Right. But inside that booth, don't be a bitch. Which is exactly what... If you can't pick a side... No, no, that's, if you can't pick a side... I know. You're a punk. You're a punk. 
You're not but a punk. Pick a side. I don't like either party either, but they're right. not the same. They're not I, the same. I have you got to choose the better one because that's what you got. But my politics is always about the lesser of evils. I know and people don't like choice. people don't like to say that, but nevertheless, it is a stark choice. I'm just stopping with that. Yeah. Okay. By the way, if a lot of people held their nose and voted for Hillary and her and her Saks Fifth Avenue money, yeah. a lot of people did that. Okay. You can too. Yes. You, you can do that. And I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'll tell you who who fucked up with me personally. Mike McConish. Okay. I used to be a fan. Now he put Jill Stein on a show. Mm-hmm. First of all, he did a whole thing where he used the word asset, and he mm-hmm. like yeah. read the definition mm-hmm. from the thing, and he was like, you know, he's basically he was he was criticizing Hillary Clinton for saying what we all know to be true. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. She then went on to talk about how Tulsi Gabbard is being groomed. Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. okay. She's not. She's grooming herself more than anything else. Okay. okay? But basically, she and anybody else who wants to do a third-party run is, by definition, an asset of Trump, an asset of Putin, an asset, okay, of authoritarianism. Yeah, the American oligarchy. The American oligarchy. That's what, okay? There mm-hmm. was no doubt about it. He went on and on about this. She's not a spy. You really think that? But then... First guest. This Doesn't have to be a spy. First guest, right. This has to be an asset. Just, an unwitting right. asset. A, but a, you know a, what? A I'm dis- not it. No, no, no. Disruptor. Like you're talking about the church mm-hmm. of, okay? Uh, the obvious, yeah. How can you not know you're taking votes away from Democrats? It's obvious. You fucking stupid cunt. That's what I'm calling. I'm calling Jill Stein out. I'm calling her out. Some, and here's, and right. here's why. You ready? She goes on. This is why Smirconish now, he blew it with me. His first guest, right after that little kerfuffle, two days later, Jill Stein. First guest on his Saturday show. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got it right here. Mm-hmm. you got to watch this. And he, he's Smirconish. He does his thing. He tends to be a conservative, but he tries to play it straight down the middle. And for the most part, I've always thought he has. He has called it the way he saw it for real. He's not, you know, for the most part. I know, you know, okay. But he lets Jill Stein go on, and then she decides that she is going to rail against, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Uranium One. Hillary Clinton, how can you trust anything she has to say? She let the Russians get 20% of, of our uranium. And he, okay, she went on and perpetrated this and said it, and then you know what Smirconish did? What? Take a guess. I I would I hope he said you know that's not the, no! no no he went along with it he didn't even he did nothing thanks for being on the show appreciate your time okay you pussy another fucking punk ass bitch right there that he punked out he got mm. punked out he punked himself out on TV that's one of those lies I have friends of mine I have yeah. a friend of mine literally say this to me. He's like, oh, how can you, you know, with the uranium? It is against the law for uranium, okay, to be transported out of the United States of, of America without a congressional vote, both right. in various committees, then by the full House, 
Then by the full Senate, it's got to be signed off by the president. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. It's illegal. Can't be done. Can't be done. You can't. Yeah. By the way, side note, I'm pretty sure you can't sneak it out. I don't, oh, think, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't, they don't have Geiger counters <laughs> at the TSA. Actually, do they? If, if right. you're, you, yeah, they do. They, you know, cause you the last just don't time, see them. When you go through that machine... The last time they tickled my giblets. I certainly hope they, they do. They I'm, I'm okay with that. The the wand that they waved over my package the uh, last time that I flew, it wasn't. It didn't go. <laughs> it went woo. <laughs> so there was, of course, the uh, testimony, the the by the uh, Ukrainian guy, the Ukrainian envoy. That was I yeah. labeled that as the uh, tipping point du jour. The latest, if because you know, if you are time to do a shot, tipping point, time to do a shot. If you are, if you are um, a normal person that uh, acknowledges obvious things, facts, and yeah. the sun rising in the east, yeah, well, you know, and of course, this is a guy who's a fifty-year yeah. public servant. He's a never Trumper, veteran, <laughs> veteran. Yeah, I mean, it just goes. So here you go. I'm ready. I am going to tell you. How to deal with everything. Okay. Here's what I wrote. Okay, let's say you're a foreign service operative in the United States government. You got long-held beliefs regarding how America should handle its affairs around the world. And you know that right now, with President Trump's distract-a-palooza in full swing, nobody's watching the store. Nobody's watching the store overseas. Mm -hmm. Get away with it. So what do you try and get away with, a la Iran-Contra? I this. Like selling weapons? This. Oh, no, I'm going to do better than that. Okay. Here's what you do. Buying weapons? First thing you do is you buy cocaine from the cartels in Colombia, Peru, and Bolivia. Then you trade it for fentanyl from the cartels in China. Then you take the fentanyl and you sell it to the cartels in Russia and Eastern Europe. And you use the profits from that to finance a Ukrainian mercenary force to take back Crimea, as well as a covert American cyber mercenary force to infiltrate the Russian government trolling and Eastern European hacking cartels. Now, at the same time, you poison Brazil's soybean harvest so that China has to buy their soybeans from America while simultaneously mm-hmm. encouraging the Hong Kong protests, by encouraging in quotation mark, Hong Kong protests, and give President Trump a little elbow that gives him the green light to suddenly put massive tariffs on American soybean exports to China. And mm-hmm. finally, you go to Tim Cook and you tell Apple at all that if they build factories in Central America where their products can be manufactured, they're going to be allowed to secretly hide their profits in Panamanian banks that have strong ties to Wall Street. Ta-da! Ta-da. You will what? create... Here uh, it is. Okay. Let me finish. I'm ready. You will create a crack epidemic in China, an opioid epidemic in Russia, wrestle Crimea away from Putin, undercut Bolsonaro in Brazil, strengthen the forces of freedom in Hong Kong, Kiev, and Central America, Prop up American farmers, stifle gang violence, violence, and mass migration in the Northern Triangle in Central America, and lessen Xi's grip, President Xi's grip, on the world's manufacturing economy. And the bonus package? 
because all that cocaine's going to be going to China and all that fentanyl's going to be going to Russia, you're going to be helping our pharmaceutical industry cartel get back to being the Ochoas of America and tangentially raising their respective stock prices, thus increasing their net profits, which is going to help defray the cost of their impending $50 billion smack-inspired smackdown. Now, sure, Mm -hmm. we'll still have a rust belt full of junkies, but at least the carnage's profits won't be going overseas. You're welcome. Sincerely, the Acme Problem Solving Agency. I, I, I would like to propose an amendment because uh, absolutely, I, 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 I think there's room for I think there's room for improvement in that plan. Instead of poisoning the beans, we poison the Brazilians. The effect <laughs> is the same, but we also save the rainforest in the process. <laughs> <laughs> because then there won't be around any Brazilians around to slash it and burn it, uh, which is what they're, what they're what they're doing. So all you do is just buy a, a different kind of poison. <laughs> And, and otherwise, you, uh, leave the plan alone. I'm telling you, right now, somebody is, you know, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I guarantee right now, people... Lex Luthor. People no. are pulling shit overseas, you know. They're doing an Ollie North. Somewhere people are doing it because now... Oh, my, get away my God. Away. This is this. Uh, and I read an article, this Ukrainian thing that we are all talking about on news is just the tip of the iceberg. As the Giuliani stuff unfolds, we're oh going my to God. find he all these. He the reporter. I, I know. I know. But there <laughs> but there are all these things that not just he, but other people are are doing this. They're making hay while the sun shines. So all of this because, oh, yeah. by the way, all of these associations, what we're discovering is the the corrupt a uh, prosecutor was that who it was yeah. that that Biden wanted out that Biden yeah. ousted that everybody else wanted out yeah the everybody cor- wanted him gone right the corruption that hey, he no, was- hold on I just Wait. want to be clear about this his kid yeah you can't do that no you can't you can't do what what you is can't his kid you can't and we agree with that okay. there's a difference between it's us not and that them. it's illegal it's, it's just that it's a it's perception wrong. perception or whatever you're She's in politics his wife. yeah yeah kind of right thing. yeah Exactly. Exactly. So the but here's but here's what's going on. Well, the the, uh, the Ukrainian tip of the iceberg. These guys, like like you know Lev and uh, and and Stan, these yeah. guys and the other Giuliani associates, <laughs> the Lev corruption, <laughs> the corruption that this prosecutor was involved in is all this stuff that Giuliani, all right. of these people. That's this the is what we're thing. finding. He out. Was, yeah, he was really involved this, in that corruption. This shit. This shit is not just getting dirt on Biden, but getting revenge on Biden for busting the shenanigans that was going on with all of these people who are now well, enforcing. They're getting, this, right, yeah. that's the thing. They're, they're basically, what they're doing is they're, they're trying to implicate Biden's kid and, by extension, Biden for getting rid of a guy who let, the, who let them get away with whatever they wanted. Right. That's what they're pissed right. about. That's it. All right, I got that out of the way. You ready? Right. I'm ready. Right. More music. Keep, yeah. Let me keep the groove going. We'll knock me down from Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Groovathon. That's SoFloRadio.com.
was somebody who had no schedule. You know, he could be working between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. and then, you know, be exhausted, sleep and wake up and start working on something else. And it's also extremely challenging for his opponents because he would uh, basically exhaust, you know, your, his, his opponents by always being on the attack. He was always on execution mode.
Boy, you like the timing on that one? Paolo Nutini, Scream, Funk Up My Life from Caustic Love, came out in 2014. Cat's from uh, Scotland. He's a big hit over there on the other side of the pond. He's actually from a town, the town of Paisley in Scotland. For that Master Plan, Inc., the original version of uh, Bright Lights, Big City. I played, uh, on the last show, I played the, uh, like, an instrumental version as a lead-in to another song. Um, and I liked the song so much, I went back and took a look, tried to find the original, and did. It was Cats Out of Chicago from the 70s, you know, one of those digging through the crates. things. for that, Sahara, All Stars of Joss, J-O-S. Take Your Soul from 1976, those cats from Lagos, Nigeria. Are we okay? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, mean, I can't stop tweaking. I don't, have, I don't have the camera on me. Yeah. So I can just tweak away over here and don't have to worry about looking good. So before that, another clip uh, from the movie uh, documentary State of Disaster. They're talking about how, you know, he's always on execution mode. Here's the thing. That and the uh, the previous clip, that does uh, a documentary about, uh, not about Donald Trump. It's a documentary about Hugo Chavez. That's who they're talking about. In all of those clips, they're talking Surprise. about Surprise. You know? That's, it's, it's quite remarkable if you listen to those things, the similarity. By the way, Venezuela, mm-hmm. uh, now on the UN Human Rights Council. <laughs> <laughs> the United Nations, man, I, I understand. Uh, I, 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 know what, I know that the purpose is noble. I know. The, uh, the execution in many instances is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Before that, a band. This I like this band. They're called Fanny. Better. There Fanny. Fanny. F A N N Y. That's uh, the old. Um, uh, ain't that peculiar? It's the uh, Marvin Gaye. Okay. Song. That's a live version they did from back in '72. Uh, the the original version of that is on their album Fanny Hill. All chicks. Uh, the, uh, the guitar player singer on that band June Millington. And it's her sister on bass. It's, you know, these guys are basically what the Bangles weren't, which is good rock and roll. They actually do a really good version of, uh, I'm trying to remember the song. <laughs> on, on that album, they do uh, another cover. They do, uh, oh, uh, the Beatles, Bulldog. Hey, Bulldog. That's a, they do a really good version of that song on there. Before that, yeah, it's always a good day for Prodigy, right? Always. Yeah, man. We live forever from No Taurus. Uh, that came out uh, last year right before uh, Keith Flint, you know. <laughs> yes, he uh, he passed away. He passed away. Uh, the minute I heard that track, I was, you know, listening to the entire CD. I listened to it in the car or something like that. The minute I heard that, I recognized the sample because it's from uh, Ultramagnetic MCs whom I played on the show before. I, uh, I'm i not sure if I actually played uh, the sample. They play... Uh, Critical beatdown is a sample. But I have that. And I, you know, play it all the time. And kicking off the set, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers knocked me down. From Mother's Milk came out in 89. Their first, uh, that was their fourth album. It was the first one with Fashanti uh, and Chad Smith. And then, you know, the next one after that is, you know, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, which put them pretty much on the map. I remember when they, uh, they did an in-store at uh, Tower Records in, uh, I actually, you know, when they first came out with that record, and uh, I was working there at the time, and so I got them to sign Mother's Milk for me. They all, you know, autographed it and shit. And <laughs> Flea writes, 
Tony says, suck my dick, and so do we. Flee. I ended up giving it to a, to a girlfriend at the time. Who very, did? very nice. Yeah, who? Not surprisingly, dumped me shortly there. jeez, ah, why? I loved after a love note well, she, like that. You know, she liked the fan. I was like, here, you want my autographed copy of this record? I got her. You know, they all signed it. Kitas and Shanti, everybody. Even, Ch- you know, Chad Smith said, all for them. Got them all, mm-hmm. you know, signed right. It's a great record, man. I enjoy that shit. So, time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida, 954247. 9362, any make, any model, bumper to bumper. Dave and the entire ASC certified crew of precision are the go to crew in South Florida. I was just over there uh, earlier this week. I, uh, I got a stern talking to from Dave about keeping an eye on my fluids. Mm. I was like, hey, man, I'm just, you know, I just need you to take a look, make sure he's like, you should be doing that. I'm like, look, pal, I don't pop the hood unless you're standing next to me or something is on fire underneath it. All right. I live five minutes from here. He's like, hey, you have to keep an eye. That's fluids. He said, you know, if you take care of your oil, your water, your tranny fluids, he said, if you take care of that stuff, that's literally basic maintenance. Your car, if you keep pay attention to that, you're going to do well. He has got some, he's got an Oldsmobile Toronado. Oh, my God. It's like a, I think it's a 68 or a 69. Just cherry. Just, it's, uh, oh, and it's not a very popular car for collectors. It's, but this one is so magnificent. It's just in such perfect shape with those, you know, those tacky 60s kind of, you know, Corinthian leather, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. The movie coming out, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. You know, about the Ford GT, they mm-hmm. built to take on that. The uh the music that's playing behind it during the uh the previous on TV, yeah. My uh choice for band of the year a few years ago, that's right, Greta Fan Fleet. Congratulations. That's it. Welcome to the Groove Down bump, you punks. Where's my Where's my money? Yeah, good where, luck. Oh, it's the checks in the mail. I don't even want the money. Just you know, come on, man. Where's Where's the uh, You know, I'm looking for some. I don't know, just you know, a couple of t-shirts, something, man. Where's mm-hmm. the love, man? Where's, um, I'm not even. Gonna, I had an idea about a uh, like a you know, you see all these shows on Motor Trend. All these guys, they're just incredible. They do all these things to cars. I was thinking it'd be interesting to have a show with somebody like Dave and somebody like me. Because Dave knows everything about cars, and I know nothing, but I have a genuine appreciation for them. So you could, whatever car he's working on, he could explain something that the average person mm-hmm. could actually do that, you know, to look at, take a look at, in, in English, not in car ease. He was talking about, I played that clip from, from him that he was talking about the, the 69 Camaro with the 383 stroker. He's like, the... Uh, the the cams are nice and fluff, good fluffy sound. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know it's good, but I don't know what it means. And I, mm-hmm. all I can think about is uh, the movie, the Tom Cruise movie, where he uh, with Robert Duvall, the race car movie. Oh, jeez, Thunder, not, uh, Thunder Road, or something, something like, like that. that. The Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Thank you. Where he says, you know, he's sitting in a bar, and, and Duvall goes, "We got to find a way to communicate," and he goes. I, he's like, I don't know anything about cars. And Duvall goes, that ain't 
He goes, you know, he goes, I don't know what you're talking about when you tell me this. And, and Duval goes, I've never met a driver who does. He goes, no, no, no. He's like, I really don't know what you're talking about. I got in a car. They told me to drive. I could drive. I don't have the lingo. Mm-hmm. I don't have the vocabulary for it. He's like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. That's me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I want a show that explains the lingo and points to it and says, this is what it does. I'd like that. <laughs> in any event, you know, Dave would be they and Dave's actually done that with me on a couple of things. You know, I'd mm-hmm. like a, you know, you get a little series of these things out there. In any event, very easy to get to. It's right off ninety five, man. Yeah. Go west on Atlantic, take the first left turn on Andrews, first right turn on Third Street, two blocks up. It is right there, of course. You can go to the SoFlowRadio.com website. You click on the box that says Tony C's Groove Town, takes you to my page. At the very top of the page, you're going to see our SoundCloud link. That's right. Who do we have to thank for that? Angel. That's right, baby. Thank He's you, an man. angel. He is an angel. And then just below that, you are going to see the logo for Precision Auto Works. Looks great, man, by the way. Yes. He's I was just a, over there. Champ. It looks like it's the exact same logo. I don't know how he mm-hmm. did it, but he did it. Click on that. Takes you right to his page. Tells you everything you need to know. Mention a Groovathon. There's a discount. You're not going to need it. Okay, as compared to all the other rip-off artists around here. Sure can't hurt. Okay? Right. He's, you know what's great about Dave? He's not only great, he's honest. I I know those two are antithetical in the worlds of uh, auto repair, but I have found the exception to the rule, pal. And it is Dave Carey at Precision Auto Work to Pompano Beach, Florida. All right? Seriously, 954 247 Three six two Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars <gasps> take their cars. All right, yeah, a little bit of hang time. Y'all know what that nugget of well-versed truthiness means. Yeah, time for the drive groove. We're gonna pop the clutch with a shredder. I just saw this past Thursday at the Funky Biscuit. It's Gary Hoey on a drive groove at SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
I ran away for the first time. When I was only four years old, I'm a free born man. I focus on my back. I know where the inch of my way. Happy for the back door, never mind a railroad track.
and I was only four years old and I'm a freeborn man.
those lovely girls gone Turn it to women, everyone Put them their innocence away Make them soul just one day Can someone help them please to stay Girls, that's all the life
Jimmy, that's right. Love a man. That is from a CD uh, that I got at uh, last uh, year's. I went to the uh, the Hendrix show. Where, you know where all the people showed up at the uh, Pompano Beach Amphitheater. And that is uh, the CD you get is called Both Sides of the Sky. That was uh, previously unreleased. He did that with uh, the uh, the cats from Band of Gypsies. Uh, Billy Cox, Buddy Miles, Billy Cox is the one who put that tour together. He was actually there. He played uh, on a number of songs. Recorded at the record plant in 69 back in New York City. Before that, yeah, Krautrock. <laughs> you know, two weeks in a row, we got some Krautrock. Of course, this one... By, little... by the way, do they, the Germans I'm talking about, do they like or dislike the term Krautrock? I have no idea. I have friends of mine over there, though. I can, I can get yeah, to find you, out. Yeah, you find out? Is that derogat- email? Yeah, it's yeah, my... Derogatory, uh, no, wanna... you know who's over there right now? It's my friend uh, Gary. Okay. The guy that, you know, he was the colonel, and we used to do the uh, the things over on, uh, you know, for Freedom, the uh, Freedom mm-hmm. Riders, Wounded Warriors of South Florida. We did the benefit every year, or he did the benefit every year, and I went and gave money and promoted as best I could. You know, I always say the biggest shame that we, that this nation has right now is that the, we the need veterans. a group called Wounded Warriors. That yeah. 
the, the, right, the charities have to take care of the veterans. Yeah. So the, uh, the band is called Armageddon, which I think is in keeping with, uh, you know, Crown Rock. The song is called Oh Man. Uh, yeah, from Germany's, uh, they do a, a great version on that album of Rice Pudding, which is the uh, Jeff Beck song. It's a pretty cool uh, track that they do there. I was recording Berlin back in 1970. For that, I uh, sent this particular track to... Uh, Tom Simioli and the crew, you know, all the uh, the Know Your Bass player uh, disciples. A guy named Philippe Ganond. Uh, the song is called Reglon No Compte. Uh, it's live from the uh, Reservoir in Paris. This guy actually, he's the bass player on this, but he actually also plays guitar, sax, clarinet. He is a multi-instrumentalist who happens to be a phenomenal bass player. Philippe Ganond. Before that, I love it. I, I could play this shit all day long. Tony Rice with... Uh, on guitar, this is with uh, Mark O'Connor on fiddle, Bella Fleck on banjo, and uh, Sam Bush is on violin. The song is uh, Freeborn Man. It is a live uh, track from 2010. I've got a whole, they did a series of shows and with a bunch, with like rotating, you know, musicians and stuff. There's not, I can't, I, all day long I can, I can listen to stuff. It's so good. These guys are, it's just great. That kind of music, it, it doesn't get enough play. You know, unless you're listening to, you know, the blue, even if you are listening to Bluegrass Channel, you know, they're, they're going to play what they think is popular and stuff. And I just, I wish more people, got, you know, would play that stuff. And kicking off the set, Gary Hoey. Song is called Under the Rug. This one happens to feature uh, Eric Gales, whom I also saw live uh, some months ago. Uh, it's from his newest CD called Neon Highway Blues. It just came out this year. Um, and I saw him live. I went with uh, with Ginger, who's a, you know, she's into shredders. You know, she's like the chick that's into shredders. Okay. So whenever she's, song, she's the one. She's the one. Yeah, she's the one. So uh, we went. Uh, and the Funky Biscuit's a great place to see a show. That, you know. The thing is, we were literally in one of the front tables. It was all, we were too close, almost too close, you know. But uh, opening for him was a local guy, uh, Shaw Davis, who's pretty good. You can see him around, you know, if you're here in uh, in Broward County or in South Florida. I mean, he plays around, um, so he's absolutely worth seeing. It's, you know, he's got it's. If you want your rock and roll and blues, pretty much straight up, just guitar. He's got you know. Ye oldie, Fender Strat, cream on white, beat to shit, authentic sound. The bass player, yeah, four-string Fender Precision. You know, these guys, they're playing it using the instruments you're supposed to, to use, you know, because Jocko only needed four strings. So, and uh, also, uh, Albert Castiglia uh, showed up and jammed for a while. He's also another local shredder that's gotten some national exposure and stuff. That's the thing about the Funky Biscuit, is that it's a place where people show up. It's a, it's often the last date on a tour because you know you're all the way at South Florida, so it's kind of the last stop in many instances for these guys when they're on tour. And a lot of them, you know, they're they're my age, and their parents have all retired down here, so they organize their tours. So that they finish off down here and then they go hang out with their friends. That's what uh, Chelly Minucci did when he played down here. His, uh, you know, his dad is uh, or was um, 
a big time musician. His son's also a musician. And I played the, uh, who else? It was uh, Matt Schofield. I played that tune last week when he had played the Funky Biscuit and, and Popper, John Popper from Blues Traveler showed up. It's one of those places where people just, you see, every time I've been there, somebody interesting has showed up to play with whoever the main act is that wasn't, you know, on the bill. It's just the kind of place where that, that happens. It's, it's, you know, I, would, I poo-pooed the Funky Biscuit when I first moved down here. You know, when I first moved back from Hawaii and I was living at Deerfield Beach. But recently, I've started to really kind of, I checked their schedule more. It's a good place to see a show. The sound is good. Food's not half bad. You know, they treat me pretty well there. They now, you know, they know Ginger. And Ginger knows a lot of the local people. So she's introduced me to a few of them. And now they, you know, I've started to meet a couple of the people there. They treat me very well. So, you know, shout out to the Funky Biscuit, man. They, they consistently... They have a really good lineup. They keep getting them. And it's not, it's, it's usually the, the veterans that are playing there. But they still get some of the newer, you know, funkier stuff. That was uh first time I ever heard of the band uh, Kung Fu, which are great. Okay. I saw a video of them. It was from the Funky Biscuit. So the next time they came to the Funky Biscuit, I went to the show. They were awesome. They're really good, you know. So shout out to the, to the Funky Biscuit. So there you go, pal. What do you think? I think we got another one in the can. Ninety-seven man. in the books. You know what that means, right? We're coming up on it. I've the already. Hundreds. I have made. I have. I don't want to jinx it. Should I, I wear something special on that? I don't day? want to Should jinx I tie it. Tie a tie. I'm saying that our final show. We got our final show this year because we're going to do a show in two weeks. We're going to come back mm-hmm. in two weeks with the exact same thing again. Just we're going to try and just a teeny bit better. We'll see raise, if we get raise the groove bar. We're going to raise a, a raise a groove bar. Raise the chit chat bar. Raise a bar, man. It's already so high, I dare anybody else to try and leap over it. But I would love it if somebody did. Please, God, I'd love another show out there that's any, in any way similar to this. I'll be a fan right off the freaking bat. I, I just, that's why I started one of the things that I, I love about doing this is that, you know, a genreality. It is without genre. We, you know, it's, it's like five, five, seven, eight, ten different Sirius XM channels all in one. You know, you don't have to keep switching the channel, man. But um, the schedule looks like it's going to be a show in two weeks, which is the 11th. All right. Then another show two weeks after that. So that's going to be the uh, Monday before Thanksgiving. <coughs> and because I'm not um, going up to New York uh, for Thanksgiving this year, I'm going up a week and a half later because uh, my aunt and uncle are having their 60th, 60th. Wedding anniversary. Well, mazel tov. You're damn right. And let me tell you something. My Uncle Joel and Aunt Judy, they are they're the cream of the crop, baby. Seriously. That, uh, they have, without going into detail, he has been there for me. He's just, he's, you know, and I'm, I'm just, so I'm going to go up there for that. That's on the 8th. So the next show that we do after that, the uh, the the, uh, the century mark, hopefully, mm-hmm. is going to be December the 16th, which will be our final show of 2019. As always, of course, it's the year-end Nothing But Groove and Gratitude show. I have already been in touch with just a couple of people. I, Gene, I was talking, I talked about Gene doing his show, uh, his new podcast that just started. Um, a couple of years ago, 
uh, and as a matter of fact, on two different occasions, uh, another friend of mine, Sean uh, Satin, has done a uh, Christmas tune for us. You know, he's the guitar teacher. Those two guys are good friends from uh, the Manhattan uh, School of Music. You know, they're just musical geniuses, these guys. I mean, Gene in particular, this cat, I don't know. He's, he really is. He's he just he's 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 an incredible guitar player. You never hear him play guitar, but he's incredible. But um, so I got in touch with him. I said, "Look, not for nothing, but I need a holiday song for you from you guys. You're back in New York. Can you do something?" And so he's going to. Uh, I hopefully I'm going to get something from them. Hopefully I'm going to have some new stuff for for the final show from Eric Alterman. Brand new material from the Slow Guns. I'm going to have brand new material from Alon Portner. I played the uh, Wassman earlier. He's got the the Macon Sharks, whatever they're called, out of Kansas City, his brand new band. Look forward to that. A few other people I'm going to get in touch with. Just, you know, just a couple of things. Going to drop a few notes, see what, uh, see if people have anything in a hopper. But as always, you know, and I've got a couple of songs, a couple of my favorites lined up, and I'm sure you're going to have a couple of choice nuggets ready hey, I can't to wait. go. Um, we're going to get you out of here, though. You know, Bill Barr or whatever his name is, Bart, you know, the Attorney General, yeah. Jack Wad. What's he doing now? He's investigating the investigators, right? That's right, it. that's right. Yeah, so we're going to get you out of here with a tune, you know, that, that perfectly is suited for that, okay? But we're going to come back in two weeks and try and do it again, baby, as always, for myself and George Rodriguez, Gramps Master Flash. The one and only. Me compadre, as always, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.
Florida, USA. This is SoFloRadio.com.